It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Great ball on by uh, Bentico had the right pace on it. Speaking of pace, here's Sessegnon. Oh, great ball in. And Harry Kane's tucked it away. Spurs have the lead. Keane was the player across. He may have got a touch too. Conte Spurs lead. Here's Kane. Into Kulazewski. Will he get there first? Yes. Son scores. 2 0 Spurs. They're flying here. And it's him in Son who doubles the advantage. Kulazewski just sends danger anytime Spurs get in these areas. Doherty through. Harry Kane buries it. 3 0 the lead now. They are checking this for offside though. That is really close. It is onside. It's Kane's goal. And Spurs are three up. Regulon immediately into the game wins it. Son and Kane with the interchange. Son breaking forward pace here. Kulisevsky to his right. He will find Kulisevsky, who goes back to Regulon. What an impact. The substitute makes it 4-0. He's been on the pitch for seconds. Spurs moving the ball with such pace and quality. Everton cannot handle it. Doherty hangs it up. It's perfect for Kane. Oh, what a finish. Never mind Son and Kane tonight, it's Matt Doherty and Harry Kane. 5-0. And how reminiscent of his recent goal against Leeds United was that one. And Harry Kane gets his second goal. What a tremendous volley. Spurs are flying. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us on the back of a thumping Tottenham Hotspur win. If you're listening to the show for the first time, you can find us on iTunes or on Spotify or Audio Boom. We're across a range of different audio platforms. We're, of course, on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And you are joining us for live reaction also on YouTube to Tottenham Hotspur beating Everton by five goals to nil. What an emphatic scoreline at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I'm joined by returning guests on the last one on Spurs, driving our crazy train. We've got Lee McQueen in the house. Lee, how are you on the back of that? Double wickies. I mean, talk to me. And, and, we've, got Rick, <laughs> and we've got Ricky Benjamin uh, uh, on the pitch tonight, who, by the way, was a, 
was uh, was magic to watch. Yeah, really, really good, mate. Uh, it is a crazy train. I can't believe it. You know, two Premier League games, nine goals, no, no none conceded. Absolutely mental. But sandwiched between that, we go out of the FA Cup. I mean, you couldn't make this club up, could you, at some stage? Just when you think you ain't renewing your season ticket, when uh, Mr. Levy and the board put that email out to you, we're going to smash this lot 5-0. I mean, and uh, where shall I sign, Mr. Levy? Where shall I sign? So, that I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it. And it, we're not, look, I'm not getting carried away, but the way the season's gone so far, you kind of have to celebrate the wins because you know just around the corner is a bloody another defeat. So, you may as well celebrate the wins. And look, was we absolutely outstanding tonight? Everton were poor. Tottenham were good. And, and we won 5-0. And, uh, you know, to be fair... I said to Ant in the group, didn't I? I said, oh, we need to win well um, on Monday. And he's like, yeah, like a 3-0. I was like, I was hoping like a 5-0. And he's like, oh, go go and drink some more of that neck oil. Well, maybe I should. Because it was 5-0 when. Do you get me? Absolutely. <laughs> also, I've been back on last one on Spurs. Isn't it nice having him on after a back of a wing? Because I feel like since he's been on, since we had the contact appointment, which Rick's did bring the champagne out, he's had some real horrendous shows <laughs> come back for. So he's determined to come on for a win. We've got him back for a win. We've got the wonderful Ricky Norwood in the house. Ricks, lovely to have you back here. What a win to talk oh, about. Mate, it's an honour and a pleasure to be back in. Yes, I am in the quietest room in the house. I'm back in the bog. I am tonight. So if I'm a bit echoey, you know, uh, forgive me. Forgive me. You know, uh, it's better you guys forgive me than I have to deal with the missus. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, no. Oh, what a game tonight. What a game tonight. 5-0. What more can we say? Do you know what I mean? Like, like Lee was saying there, you know, maybe a bit of a poor Everton side. But look, those boys are battling for their lives. They've got a new manager. You know, sometimes it's really hard to kind of, for the Tottenham fan base to be pleased. But I think we, we just need to celebrate the wins. You know, enjoy them. Enjoy the wins. Because like Lee saying there, you don't know what's going to happen the week, you know, next week or the week after. And like Jace always says, you know, don't get too high with the wins and don't get too low with the losses. But, like, in, enjoy it. Enjoy it, boys. We were determined. We was out, out of the traps real, real quick, which I always love to see. You know, um, there was a great team performance there from top to bottom, which I'm sure we'll get into. And I was just, you know, I, was just, I just loved it. Just loved it. Loved the 5-0. The fourth goal was my favourite. And I'll explain why when we get in. But the fourth goal, just put it to bed, man. Just put it to bed. So, yeah, man. Come on, you Spurs. Let's keep yeah. building these blocks. That, that, Absolutely. That, just touching on that, that fourth goal, I mean, it just literally killed it, didn't it? For like, what, killed it. 64 seconds or whatever, and it's the second half, bang, have some of that. And I have to bring up, hopefully I get your name right, Kayleen, because I know that you're a good friend of the show, you listen and watch all the time. But Kayleen um, says, thank you, Ricky. Kayleen says on screen there, Bentica movement reminds me of Moussa Dembele. And I have to say to you, I actually said that out loud when I was watching the match earlier. I was watching it on my own. I was late in the office. I didn't get to the game tonight. Um, so when I got home, I watched it on my, on my Todd. And I actually said that out loud. I thought, he reminds me of someone. I couldn't put my finger on it. I was like, I think it might be Mr. Dembele. So let's see. Let's not put too much pressure on the lad. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd say only been a couple of games. But I mean, when he started and when he's played, I mean, there's just such an exuberance about the guy. And I must say, we, we are due to be also be having Sammy uh, Powell join us. He's having a slight connection issue, so bear with. Sammy should hopefully be joining us very, very soon. But I mean, guys, let's get straight into it. I mean, we must say uh, Antonio Conte's press conference is underway. So we'll be bringing you live updates on that as we go. Anything that needs to be brought to your attention, we most certainly will let you know. But uh, let's start with you, Lee, because it was a really convincing win for Spurs, albeit 
less points about Everton were really shocking opposition. But I mean, somehow Spurs still find themselves in the midst of a top four battle. Uh, what did you make of the overall performance, Lee, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? Um, I think Teddy, um, I think Teddy summed it up quite nicely actually on MF. I thought, you know, individually there were some fantastic performances. I think as collective, sounds a bit weird. I'm not being negative or moaning, but there's certain instances that, that I get a bit sick of. Like, I, I, we, we've had a lot of kind of sitting back Jose football under Nuno, it was, it was just dire. And the patterns of play, there's some brilliant comments actually already in the, in, the, in the comments box already. The patterns of play, you can see that happening. You can see that. I mean, I used to be very, very nervous when we we're playing out from the back. And now, even though we don't get it right all the time, it's that quick bang, 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 bang. And all of a sudden you're out and you're down a pitch. And that's very impressive. But that whole sitting back, I mean, Everton are woeful. Let's, let's have it right. I, I like Everton as a club. They remind, actually, they remind me of Tottenham. Quite, quite a lot, actually, to be fair. Um, but they were woeful tonight. And um, and they had quite a lot of possession still. And, and I, so that bothers me. I'm still not over the pot here when we're going into games and get, having 65, 68% possession. Because that for, for me, if you've got the football, you uh, you tend uh, to, uh, to win more games than you lose. That said, the patterns of play, the, the, the way that he changed the game, the way that he, he removed some of the players when they were on yellow cards, you know, because we could afford to do that. Um, I thought it was excellent from, from, from top to bottom. So I'm not moaning. I'm just saying, you know, from a team perspective, I think we could have been a bit more ruthless. So I'm, I think there was eight, eight or nine there. And that, and that sounds ridiculous, but I think there's eight or nine there if if we wanted it, if we really wanted to go for it. I think there was eight or nine there, but you can't complain that five nil win, can you, Rick? No, no, no. I certainly won't try to uh, be too much on the negative side of things because Lee walked in and was like, what would you make Conte's future for? We've just won 5-0. But I mean, I think, oh, yeah, yeah. just the nature of Spurs at the moment. I mean, obviously, I know there's a lot of um, frustration around um, that season ticket renewal deadline that's obviously come up today and that we may touch upon depending on how this show goes. But I mean, Ricks, let's talk about the game. It's a great night for Spurs who now move to within... Um, two points of fourth place Arsenal. And, you know, we've won our last two games and 9-0 in aggregate. And for what's going on around Spurs at the moment in terms of the hysteria, of course, again, at the FA Cup, which none of us obviously like to see. Um, you know, for the fact that Conte seems to do really well in terms of being able to set out a game plan across six to seven days for the one game a week, how confident are you now, Ritz, going into the rest of the season now that Spurs have still got a genuine chance of getting a top four place? Listen, Ricks, it's there for us. It's there for us and it's up to these boys. I think tonight, I think they showed a bit of, they showed a bit of gusto. They showed a bit of like grit about them. Um, maybe they was embarrassed about going out of the FA Cup. They all knew and Conte said it that, you know, the, the, the FA Cup was something to aim for. It was something to achieve. Do you know what I mean? It was something to kind of fight for and it didn't happen. You know, Middlesbrough in that second half, they overran us. They, they, they played their game. They made us play played their way and um you know they got the goal in extra time and they and they went through but maybe there was a bit of embarrassment maybe there was a bit of enough you know sometimes in life we have to have for ourselves we have to have enough you know some people talk about it about going to the gym for example you know there's that guy that always talks about yeah, yeah I'm gonna go next week I'm gonna go next week and you have to have enough of being in your situation to go you know what I've had enough I'm going tomorrow do you know what I mean? I'm going in the morning. I'm going to do a, a morning session. And maybe, and hopefully, and fingers crossed, these boys have had enough of being the up and downs and the also runs and, do you know what I mean? And being dominated by, by the team and, and, and taking these losses that we've taken all season from, 
sides, no disrespect to them, but sides that we should have beaten. We should have, they shouldn't have even been close to us. And, you know, we're talking about the Muras and the, and the Vitesses and all of the rest that, you know, the, the bad results that we've had just this season. And I'm not even talking about last season. So maybe, maybe these boys have had enough. With the inclusion of Benson Kerr and Kulazewski, two players that have come in, and it's, it's, been, it's been great for both worlds right now. I think they needed us because they love football and they needed a platform to perform and they needed a, a manager that, um, you know, that believed in them and gave them the platform to go and then perform. And we needed them because we needed people that could last 90 minutes, that could fight for 90 minutes, that wanted to perform and kind of go at it for 90 minutes, that were about it, that had a mentality. They didn't want to kind of concede and kind of, you know, like just drop off and kind of when the opposition score, just throw your hands up. These boys are like, nah, let's have it. Let's go for it. So it's a totally different side, bro. It's a totally different side going forward. It's all up to the boys. We know as the as Lee Lee as being the crazy train conductor, you know what I mean? We all know that this roller coaster, this train track, it wasn't it wasn't built on a flat ground. It was built on hills and mountains and the Himalayas. So we know that there's ups and downs coming. But if there's more fight like this, if there's more enough like this, then it's of course it's there for us. We've got to play the Gooners yet as well. So yeah, they might be what three points in uh, ahead of us right now. But we could play them and put it put it about, you know. And so it's and, there for us. We've only got it's yeah. only for them boys to kind of go to, and get it now. To to be fair, I've got double Ricky in there tonight, so I can say Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to, to be fair, we've got to play United, but we've also got to play West Ham. We've also got to play Arsenal. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. You know, I know Arsenal are six points or three points now, but they were six points when we both played the same games in front of us. We have to play them, right? So that's that's a massive game for first and foremost. You know, if we don't if we don't beat them that day, forget forget anything else, right? So let's just say that we beat them as a given, although it's not, but you know what I mean. Then we're, then we're three points behind them. They've still got to play West Ham away. They still got to play United. We still got to play United, and we still got to play West Ham. There's some twists and turns still in the mixer there for for sure. I think what, yes, what it reminds me of a little bit is when we had Harry Redknapp in charge and we were going for fourth spot and we ended up getting it at the Etihad, but the two games before the Etihad, when Crouchy scored that uh, that, that goal from the Kabul cross um, to get us into the top four, we actually played Chelsea and Arsenal just before that. So we had three games, which was Chelsea, Arsenal and um, and Man City. And it was a real, real tough running. It was like, oh, we ain't going to do it, we ain't going to do it. You know, the Sanya gate that had gone before with Martin Yarn, whatever. And we did it. And... It has that little bit about it, but I think what's really important is that that we just focus on the next game. What's Absolutely. interesting? There's a, lot, there's a lot been made, and I, and I took the, I took the picture earlier. The um, thank you to Sky, by the way. I took the picture from uh, from the Sky graphic earlier, and it's absolutely ridiculous. You know, with five plus days uh, up with training under Conte, we've drawn one um, and we've won the the other six. That is yep. absolutely mental. And then the last seven games where we've only had four days fewer between two, thanks, Kim K, uh, between, uh, to, to, to train with, we've only won once. And that was against Leeds. We've literally lost the other six games. That's mental. So that, I, I agree with Jamie Carragher. I don't think that's a coincidence. What's interesting yep. though, is the Premier League has stuck in a couple of the games that we've got in hand still in the midweek. So we're going to rock up at United with with six days training under our belt to really go up to Old Trafford and, and hopefully turn them over. Although on current form, we probably lose that game on the basis that it's, we win one, we lose one. So hopefully we, we change that. 
but but then we got Brighton three days later, like away. Yeah. So we got away at Old Trafford, then we got away away at Brighton, which is one of the games in hand. So although although from a um, from a fixtures perspective, we should be playing just once a week now. We're still not the next. We've still got three games in the next seven days. So yeah. You know, work that one out but and we've got Arsenal to sque- um, to squeeze in there somewhere and I, I don't know uh, lads listeners viewers I, I actually think it's going down to the wire that, that's what I think I think it's going down to the wire yeah I do I think that top four battle I think like you said earlier I think as things stand now with the teams that we've still got to play and the games that are still involved the magnitude of them between now and the end of the season you do feel like it will go right to the wire and um, just so, um, Mickey, so, sorry to hoodwink again I know I know you I know you're I'm um, taking you off piece there a little bit but but just on that, let, let's be honest about it, right? We want it to be that way, don't we? We want to be in these big games. We want to be in these in these moments. Like we want to be. I do. This is the games that you look forward to. These are the games that you go, right? Come on, it's a challenge. We've got to go again. Yes, you don't. You don't want to lose to the likes of Burnley and to the likes of Middlesbrough. Of course, you don't. But you no. want to be in these competitions at that level so that you can challenge yourself and push yourselves. And when you see some of the players. That, that he's getting a tune out of where we all thought that actually it's an absolute disgrace in some of these players. You can see that there's been improvement in some, in some of the individuals and you want to challenge yourself, don't you, against these things? Yeah. You, you wouldn't want to just not to be a challenge. Right? I, no. I just think you learn about well, everything about yourself when you're outside your comfort zone, you're challenging yourselves. That's when yeah. you learn and that's when you get better. So I think yeah. it's good that you've got these challenges. Yeah, no, and let's, let's just hope the players are up for it. Because I think we've seen, like I say, with yeah. City, they were prepared to do so. I think, again, United, maybe too, just having that massive game to come next. Because our form is such of an inconsistent nature, maybe it does suit us having to play a team that we're fighting alongside us for that top four. Uh, Conte has been out in the last few moments and just said that for Spurs. I do want to get this quote right, just so I can't be misquoted. So speaking at his post-match press conference, Conte has just said that finishing in the top four this season would be like winning the Premier League or the Champions League for Tottenham. Obviously, big words there from Antonio Conte, who, again, tonight much was judged about his body language and his mood. I think we can see on the touchline there, um, listen, he's still fighting. He's still passionate, you know, regardless of what they think. Um, he went on to say, Conte, that today is good to celebrate, but I think I want an answer from players against Manchester United. He said, the hard work we are doing is starting to pay off now. Uh, Rick's as we said there, Conte coming out in the post-match press conference, emphasising that, you know, just how big... Um, it would be for the club to get that top four spot. I mean, as we said, it's a massive three points. And that goal difference now to Arsenal reduced from nine down to four. Um, and like I said, that aggregate there, nine nil across now, Leeds, of course, and the game tonight against Everton. Um, I asked you at the top of the show, Rick, you know, top four now, do you generally believe it can be done on what's been, again, psychologically a bit of a damaging week for the club? Um, FA Cup defeat, can we go again? Of course we can go again. Of course we can. If you look at Conte, the reason he's talking about Champions League or that fourth, that fourth spot being like a, a Premier League win or a Champions League win is because that's who he is. He needs, to, he needs to raise the bar and then look at the players and go, listen, do you want it? Do you want to talk about it on a tweet or in the press? Oh, you know, I want to win a trophy. Or do you want it? And if you want it, show me. You know, put in more performances like that. It's not just about today unless just kind of go crazy about today. But what are you going to do next week about Man United? That's what I love about Conte's comments there. Straight away, he's getting their head back in the game. All right, yeah, you've won 5-0 tonight. But look, Man United are next week. What are you going to do then? Are, are you going to show me this up and down? Or are you going to show me that you really want to fight for big things? 
And for this squad and for this 11 players that are going to be on the field, you know, uh, this week and next week, you know, what you got? What you got? So it's all there for the boys. It is all there for the boys. I think one of the good things that I did see today was the work rate. And I know Lee's got the blue book and stuff like that, but I would love to know, like, the sprints or the runs today because, you know, all right, we can call Everton a poor side, but we work them. We work them. I hope whoever's doing the Everton podcast, the last word on Everton tonight, that they say, like we always say, because we're truthful, that, you know what, Tottenham deserved it. Because I think we did. We put it all out there. We worked them. We, We ground them out. Do you know what I mean? Mm. We really did grind, grind them down. We hit them with the three goals in the first half. Okay, fantastic. And beautiful goals at that. And yep. then in that second half, look, how many times have we let other teams back in? How many times have we given them encouragement? How many times have we sat off the ball and allowed them to play and then put ourselves in trouble? You know, yep. we've always said we kick ourselves in the butt. How many times? We, we are our worst, uh, you know, we are our worst enemy to ourselves. I can't remember what the saying is, but you know what yeah. I mean. Yes. You know, like, and that fourth goal just shut them all up. It shut them down. It killed them again. So when I look at stuff like that, I'm like, all right, cool. Well, let's take it forward. We can enjoy it today, but let's take it forward because we yeah. can do it. We can do it. Yeah. Well, some, what, what's it, Conley? I was going to say, some of the stats, I haven't got the running stats uh, off the top of my head, but some of the stats, so we have 14 shots today, seven on target, which again is an average under Conte. If, uh, for those of you who remember what I said uh, a few, few weeks back, 55% possession, which, you know, is a lion's share of possession. 640 passes. Uh, that was over 120 more than what Everton made. Um, and they were quite incisive, uh, incisive passes. I think we had, weirdly enough, it, it felt like to me watching the game that we had a better second half than we had a first half, even though we scored three, three goals in the first half. I don't know if I'm standing like weird. I'm not, I'm not drunk, I promise. Um, 89% passing accuracy as well um, from, from that tonight as well. So I just think that we were at it tonight. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you say, the work rate was there. Um, you know, we, we give away 15 fouls. So just giving some in there and, and tactical fouls as well. It wasn't too many. It was only two yellow cards. And obviously um, he protected both Son and Romero by, by substituting them. But it was tactical fouls when we knew that actually a player might get away from us. It was a little arm around there. It was a little tug back, a little, a little nip, a little tuck. And, that's the clever bits that we do, that we need to be doing. And some of them patterns of play has been mentioned so many times in the comments, I can't give everybody credit for it, but you're definitely seeing, I don't know, Ricks, Rick, both Ricks, if you can, um, if you if you agree, but you're definitely seeing some patterns of play now that are coming yeah. tactically. When you watch a, a tactical piece on, on Conte, you can actually mm. see that on the pitch now with Tottenham doing that. And that's massively encouraging. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the overlaps and the passing with confidence was was beautiful today. Like it's like from they, minute one as like well. They, from, from from the first minute, minute Rick. It's yeah. like they didn't even have to look at half yeah. the passes that they were playing today. That shows confidence. That shows trust in the system. That shows they are working hard. Do you know what I mean in training? Because they they, they without looking, then they they're seeing the overlap, but they know that somebody's going to be there. Yeah, you know so. We're getting there, mate. We're getting there. Yeah. We, at least we're seeing progression. This is night and day to, yeah. to a new no Tottenham team. I mean, well, it's, come it's, on. It's funny, Rich, because he, he agrees with you, Conte. Um, Conte said after the game, I'm seeing my work. I'm simple working on it every day, what we're trying. I said to my players, this is the past. Enjoy the game tonight. But from tomorrow, you need to start thinking about United. He said, I've seen with my staff that when we have more days and time to prepare, to play against us is very difficult for everybody. The problem is when we have to prepare in two or three days. Well, obviously, in Spurs' case now, um, we've only got the Premier League to focus on. 
So um, what I do want to address, guys, before we talk about the game itself, obviously there's many comments coming in um, and we had questions in as well. I think, again, apologies, guys. We had so many questions that come in ahead of the show um, that I will read a couple of them out. But I think one of the key ones was... Um, I will bring it up here from one of the fans. I will give him credit in a second saying we have to keep our feet on the ground. Everton are absolutely woeful. I mean, Lee, to go to you on that, again, you know, we always want to try and uh, offer some fair balance. Also, if the Spurs are so good, um, do you have to take into account just how poor Everton were tonight? Yeah, of course you do. I mean, you know, there's a few people in the comments saying, you know, I think we need to calm down a bit. It was only Everton there, a bit woeful. They are. And we, you know, we're not getting, I'm just enjoying the fact that, you know, we're, we're watching football and we're winning 5 0. If you can't enjoy yeah. that, then, uh, you know, maybe there's something wrong. But no, I, I think that, that, again, Rob C makes a good point. United game is, is a game that actually suits us, um, you know, because a lot of teams that drop off us and sit in behind and sit deep and, and compact, we find it very, very difficult. Um, yeah, Pierre says there on, on the screen, United are there for the taking, just ask Roy Keane. You know, <laughs> I, I think that this is the thing about Tottenham that will frustrate the life out of me. And I was very, very um, doing the reverse psychology with the Man City game. I did think we'd get beat at Man City, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, I was quite vocal in saying, look, there's no point, we're going to get beat and what's the point? And then we go out there and do that. I mean, if we play like we did against Manchester City, against United, we'll rip them a new one. Like, we'll actually beat them. Like, we will. There's, there's no doubt about it. And they're at home, coming off the back of a defeat. So, they're a wounded animal. So, that might be dangerous. But equally, that might be brilliant because they might go for us. And if they go for us, we get in behind and, you know, and, and, and then that game's working out. So, I actually think it's going to come down to the two managers and who's tactically more aware against that particular game. But Everton, come back to your point, they, they're, they're not a good side. I mean, Deli Ali came on, obviously one of our own, uh, essentially from, from our perspective, got a brilliant mm. welcome, but he was woeful. He, he didn't even yeah. run. He just walked around. And we um, we must have been looking at Tottenham fans thinking, my word, thank goodness he's not playing for us anymore because that's what we used to get. And he's not yeah. doing anything. I think the only, the only player that gave anything for them... Thanks, Rob. Um, the only thing that gave anything for uh, for Everton was um, was Gordon on the on the right hand side. I think yeah. everyone. I mean, with Charlison, he's normally a right old nasty sod, isn't he? And he he, he was nowhere. No, just was well marshaled by Dyer and Romero, yeah. and Davis. There, there wasn't there wasn't trouble. They didn't have a shot on target. I think Rob, Rob said earlier as well. Um, six shots, none on target. I mean, literally, mm. by, but you got to still put the ball in the back of the net. And by word, did we do that tonight? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Rick's coming over to you just very quick before we uh, dive into the game itself. Um, again, lots being made of you know how poor Everton were there tonight. Do you think Spurs should take some credit in being able to nullify them, or do you think we're playing a very, very poor Everton side that, in a way, the game suits us? What do you make of that narrative? Uh, listen, I, I, I think sometimes we, we, we cut our nose off to spot our face a little bit. Do you know what I mean? There is no winning in that sense. You know, sometimes, you know, we win against Leeds and it's a poor Leeds side. Or, you know, we, we, we win against Man City at the beginning of the season and it was, oh, they had five out. Do you know, there's always these little little extra bits and pieces. Oh, what God, I'm saying is, it, it is, is, is like, enjoy the win, first and foremost. You're allowed to enjoy it, regardless of who it's against. Are Everton in a poor vein of form? Yeah, they are. Are they struggling at the moment under Frank Lampard? Yeah, they are. Right, but we we how many times have we allowed those teams to to come onto us and play their game? 
The same with Burnley. What happened with Burnley? I think one of the stats were they hadn't won in 12 games or something. There was a crazy stat about Burnley. But again, we allowed them a 1-0 win. Do you know what I mean? So these these teams that we're playing against that are fighting for their lives and they didn't turn up to fight that much tonight, Everton. But you never know what you're going to get until, the, until you turn up on the field. And then it's up to you. I always say this thing, and I put it in my tweet before the game, but I always say this thing about, like, don't worry about the opposition. Let the opposition wor- worry about you. And I think that that's what we've done today. They were worried about us. We came out there with the work rate, with the sprints, with with the kind of uh, kind of overlapping runs and the and the, and the quick passes. I mean, Kulazewski today. It, the, the man was a magician today. Man yeah. was a magician. Doherty yeah. today. Not Doherty didn't just have a really strong game because it was Everton. Doherty had a really strong game because he played with confidence. He, he started to believe in himself again. He started to think to himself, "Wow, this right wing back role." And finally, he's arrived. But wow, this right wing back role is there. It's up for grabs. And Conte loves what I'm doing. So let me go and show them. And you could see that he set up both of Harry's goals. Do you know what I mean? Like Harry, again, phenomenal today. But Doherty set up both of his goals. And I haven't been his biggest fan over the last couple of seasons. But when he does right, I'm going to say he done really good today. Do you know what I mean? When he does good, let's say he does good. When he does bad, we can critique him on the bad. Yeah, give a shout out to Talia, one of our own, right? Uh, we've got uh, Matt Doherty tonight. Talia, huh? bit of Matt Doherty. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but, you, know, they, 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 you know, he has had a hard time of it and he has had some up and down performances. But today he really did. He played with confidence. Even the way he shaped to shoot in the first half, I was like, oh, that was a confidence shot. It wasn't, uh, let me just make it look like I'm busy or let me just true, hit it against goal. Because he, he did drop a shoulder, didn't he? And have a it little take a, somebody, uh, you know, he did. He was. That, well, I think that confidence as well. And that's yeah. the confidence. That is the confidence that's coming back in him. And, and finally, we're seeing the player that we bought from Wolves. Fantastic. Do you know what I mean? Like, fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, it's, you know, tonight, I think Benson Cool will come on to him. I think he made a massive difference being in the middle tonight. Dictating, you know, I've got to say, you know, again, there's no disrespect to when you had that midfield pairing of Hoybier and Winks. You know, it's funny that tonight... You see Benton Kuehl next to Hoybier, how much Hoybier's performance just went up a notch. I thought he was excellent in that game. And it just shows you that sometimes, we're, depending on who you pair players with, makes a massive imperative difference. I'm surprised to, you made it back to, back to, time, to be fair. From, from playing game, you've showered and changed really quickly, mate, to be fair. <laughs> what can but, I say these days? What can I say? I, I think Hoiberg can trust Benton Kuehl. I think Hoiberg looks at Benton yep. Kuehl and knows that he can trust him whether he's receiving the ball in tight areas or whether to pass the ball or whether Hoiberg goes up and he's behind to kind of look after the defence. He can trust him. And that's when you get a different... Whichever pairing, if there's a trust, if there's a bond, if there's an understanding, you get a better pairing. Like, you get a Mm. better team. You get a better performance out of a lot of them. Look at Diane Romero and and Davies right now. Do you know what I mean? Them, uh, you know, they're starting to really kind of click. So... Mm. And they, they they trust each other. Do you know what I mean? So the more that, you know, Hoiberg and, the more Bentico plays, the better we're going to be full stop. But yeah. the fact is, he can trust him. Yeah, no, I think it, obviously it's imperative that we now can try and keep this guy fit. Because I think if we go to United, you know, with an opportunity to pair them to, or again, hopefully skip, you know, we, we listen, we have to wait and see what happens with Oliver Skip. Obviously, uh, mm. he has had some form of setback. So 
I think with him, it's up in the air. But I mean, from tonight's performance that we'll get into in a second, uh, I think you can't ask for more than what we've seen in that field. So uh, what we will do, we will go for our first break of the show. In you come, Eric. You're live on Spurs TV. Well done, pal. Congratulations, mate. Great performance. Talk us through that one. Yeah, um, yeah really good win. Um, important for us to, to, to win. And, and yeah, we won in a really nice way. Um, yeah, five five goals and a clean sheet, so uh, very nice. I was going to say, Eric. I mean, how important not just to win tonight, but to win five 0 against. A, I mean, we know how difficult Everton are to beat normally, but yeah, we've no, really taken them apart tonight. Yeah, no, they have a, a lot of really really good players. Um, they are yeah a lot of good attacking players, you know, that are a real threat. And uh, so we knew if we contain them, obviously we have the players to hurt them. Um, and, and we did that, and I think uh, in the end it probably should have been more as well. A lot of talk again, Eric, beyond these walls, before this game, about our form and you know results here and there. And I know that sometimes, I know sometimes that winds you up a little bit. So this is what I'm saying: come here to, and win five nil. This is a statement win tonight, isn't it, for the rest of the season? Now. Yeah, obviously, you know we have um, 12 games left, 12 games, so. Uh, we, we just we just have to you know put all our focus all our energy into trying to finish the season the best possible way um, to, to be consistent uh, emotionally um, you know every day to try and uh, perform well I think uh, we have a lot of mostly a lot of time between games now as well so you know there's no excuses really we, we can recover well um, we went for a difficult period four, four away games in a row um, where we obviously didn't get the results we wanted, but now, um, yeah, now we need to really focus on that consistency, and every game is is so important. Eric, we've, we've got to ask you about it. At four or five nil, a cross comes into you, eight yards oh, out. No. Come on, talk us through it. I don't want to talk you through it. <laughs> um, people keep on bringing it up. So, um, yeah, no, I've got to score. You know, um, yeah, it's disappointing. I, I think. It, it, Harry just put it a bit too high. Yeah, no, it's something I really want to improve. I want to get more goals. Um, you know, it's something that I'm very frustrated with. So, um, yeah, it's very annoying not to not to get that one. Look, when we get a chance, we'll have a word of Harry because his, his technique and his delivery has been been pretty poor yeah, recently, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, um, just talk us through in terms of the the back three tonight. You guys seem to be creating a really nice relationship there and looking more and more ironed in and comfortable with every passing week at the moment. Yeah, um, no, obviously it's, it's down to the work that we put in, um, you know, since since the managers arrived, we're, we're, we're trying to consistently uh, understand better and better the way he, he likes the, the back five to work defensively and the, the way he likes us to move. Um, and we're just trying to consistently get better in that. And then at the same time, you know, we're gradually we're adding more and more things into that and more and more ideas. Um, and yeah, just constantly trying to to get better and better at it, and and do different things to improve it. Um, and yeah, so uh, we're we're working hard on that, and we can we can definitely improve a lot more as well. Apart from uh, missing headers, you're in a good place, aren't you? I mean, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? You, <coughs> apart from having a cold as well. Yeah, I, mean, you, you, I mean, you are in a good place, mate. To be fair. Yeah. No. Um, no. Obviously. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel I feel very good. Um, I think uh, yeah, I think um, I'm trying to 
to, to keep a really good consistency to my performances and that's what I'm really focused on trying to do um, and, and yeah constantly try and improve and, and um, get better and better understand better and better the role understand better and better the system um, obviously the manager's a master of it you know so we can I feel like we're we're still uh, in beginners class with it I think there's a lot more to come from it and um, I'm looking forward to that Eric, just before we let you go because we've got to get you out of this cold because yeah. we're making you more real uh, just talk us through for the weekend the huge game coming up at the weekend yeah no um, huge game and uh, our focus has to start now on that, you know, um, recover well from this game. And obviously, after the, their, their defeat yesterday, they're, they're, they're going to be very dangerous, you know. They're, they're, you have to expect a response from them. Um, and, and we have to be ready for that. We have to match that and, and more. And that's, uh, that's the most important thing. Well, look, rest up and congratulations on tonight. Yes. Really well impressive. Thank you very much. Well Cheers, Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. See you. For sure, we, we can improve under this aspect. Because uh, uh, the emotional aspect uh, is a part uh, uh, very important uh, of, uh, of football. And uh, we have to be good to improve this aspect, to control the game in every, in every uh, part of the game. And uh, tonight uh, it was good, but for sure under this aspect uh, we can improve because sometimes uh, and I see a bit of uh, uh, impatience and uh, you want to go straight and uh, towards the goal. Sometimes you have to keep the ball also because uh, with the possession and uh, you move your opponent and you find the right, uh, the right space to attack. And, uh, but also in this aspect, I repeat, we are improving a lot. Mm, but a stop, not great compliment because... Uh, what happened in the past, uh, hurt, it hurts me, and this up and down, and after a, a fantastic win against City, and then we lost against Barley, and then a fantastic win against uh, Leeds, then we lost against Middlebrook. Now I'm putting my hand ahead to tell now it's OK, but Saturday, I want to see Saturday what happened. Uh, this is a question for me. And for my players, and uh, we need in this type of game to take the right responsibility. Myself, I'm, uh, 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 I, I, I to be the, the first person eh, to take the responsibility, and then, uh, and then my, my players. Antonio, just to finish up, you said before when you lose, you're not the person to go for dinner with. Yeah. What about when you win 5 0? But uh, for sure, I'm a person that you can come to have a dinner and then uh, also after dinner and uh, to go to disco <laughs> to dance. <laughs> you understand? Yeah. But when you have this type of performance uh, to get three points and uh, especially to see your team uh, big improvement and uh, you are more uh, uh, happy, no? And, uh, yeah, but I repeat, at the same time, at the same time, and uh, I want to, to have a caution, and uh, because uh, Saturday we have uh, an important game, uh, and uh, I think it's good to arrive at a team like United, because uh, in this way, no excuse to drop your focus or your uh, uh, attention. And uh, we know very well that we have to go very strong, 
because of we are we are going to play against a really good good team, a good squad. That, uh, in my opinion, the squad that they have, they have to compete to win uh, the league and uh, to win uh, every trophy that uh, they have to play United. Well, I was, I was just going to say congratulations on tonight and to, my players. And to your players as well. Yeah, yeah, my players. And the, the very best of luck Saturday. Okay. And we'll see you in the Thank news. you very much. Okay. <laughs> uh, for our listeners and watching us on YouTube, there's 800 of you plus watching us live. So thank you ever so much for all your incredible support on an evening which has seen Spurs thumb Everton by five goals to nil. Um, now, some of you will be aware that we're absolutely delighted on the last one on Spurs here to be sponsored by Nord VPN. Uh, so Nord, in case you weren't aware, um, they are a secure, fast, and incredibly to use VPN with over 5,200 servers across 59 countries. Nord VPN automatically selects the best server based on location, loads your specific needs. Um, you have a great opportunity with this product, which um, I'm pleased to say I'm now uh, also using to get the likes of YouTube Premium at a massive discount. Should you switch your location settings, you can do that by going to settings such as India or Argentina in terms of locations and you can save on the pennies and we've actually got a brilliant discount running at the moment which you can use by using the code LWOS to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one month free and a bonus gift. It is completely risk-free with NordVPN's 30-day money-back guarantee and I'm as I've emphasised that for me personally using this product um, I think, you know, generally with YouTube Premium, it's one of those things where if you want to get all ad those adverts, which can be so frustrating and annoying, I think for that alone, it's a benefit. So go and check that out by all means. But um, guys, going back to the game, coming over to you, Ricks. Um, Spurs, we had a couple of, well, just the one proficient change in there. We saw Rodrigo Bentacore coming in for Harry Winks, who dropped out of that midfield uh, duo, as we know, that struggled really difficultly between him and Hoybier at the Riverside Stadium last week. And Matt Doherty, as Lee emphasised, keeping his place in the team for in dispense of Emerson Royale. So that team read uh, Lloris Romero, Dyer, Davis, Doherty, Hoybier, Benton Cure, Young, Kulisevsky, Kane and Son, with a bench of Galini, Sanchez, Roden, Emerson, Regulon, White, Winks, Bergvine, Lucas... And Lee is showing us now an image, I believe, of Matt Doherty <laughs> as Maradona. There you go. Who says this show doesn't doesn't defend or doesn't tell you where this show is what actually going to go? Food, mate. He's going mad. Fantastic. <laughs> from uh, from one of our own, Jamie from the Daily Opera. Ricks, uh, team wise, were you happy with that with that team when you saw it come out? Yeah, yeah, I was actually. I think um, Cessignon has has been kind of getting better game by game and you and we're seeing better performances from him i mean the first half he was flying today um so to see him retain his place fantastic um it also kind of puts a pressure on regulon as well to kind of go you know you're not automatic right now there you do have competition for your place so if you really want it fight for it show me you know what i mean if session has raised risen his bar you need to raise yours too you know so that and, and that's why it was great to see him in the second half straight away he'd pop up with a goal because he, he, the pressure's on him now. You know, he can't just coast in any game. So, yeah, <clears throat> seeing Sessignon kind of retain his place, fantastic. Doherty, to tell you the truth, against Middlesbrough, um, when he went off, I was like, oh, like, we actually looked a poorer side with him off the field. And when Emerson came on, you know, so <laughs> to see him back in the side, I mean, it's crazy to say that after the last couple of seasons that he's had. But, to say, you know, to, to see him in the side and retain his place and get another game under his belt and get a really good, confident game under his belt, 
really good to see. Um, you know, Winks had to drop out of, of, of the midfield. We all knew, we can all see the quality in Benton Kerr. We can all see it. You know, ever since he's, he's debut and he, he only played like, what was it, 15 minutes, I think it was. We can see he's got twinkle toes, he's got strength, he's got poise, he's got the mentality to drive that team. You could see him at 5-0 today, arguing and kind of upset that a pass went awry or a challenge went awry or, you know, like he was, he was determined to not only win the game, but to have a clean sheet as well. And that was beautiful to see from him. Klozeski, he's growing strength to strength, Rick. Strength to strength. Yeah, every single absolutely. game that he plays. We could see him a little bit tired against Middlesbrough during the week. But you could see every single time that he's playing, he's growing and growing and growing. And mm. today he was a bit a bit of a magician. And then you can't you can't drop the dynamic duo. Do you know what I mean? The best duo in the Premier League. You know, yeah. Batman and Robin, Kane and Sonny. So, um, yeah, really nice to see that side. And it was great to see that performance. It was, most certainly. Uh, Lee, we got a flying start from Spurs. Uh, ben Davis playing, playing Ryan Sessegnon in uh, down the wing and he fired that low cross in. Uh, to be fair, it's a really difficult one to defend. I know he got hammered um, in the punditry um, at the time, I think by Jamie Carragher, um, Michael Keane, but he put it in the back of his own net under pressure from Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Sessegnon, again, really making things happen. Now, it's interesting because um, Sessegnon from fans, I mean, he is divided opinion. I was on here last week saying that for me, Still concerned about Sessie Young. I felt the weight of the shirt. I'm just not too sure if it's going to be working out for him. But subsequently, as we know, he went off at halftime with an injury. He looked really, really um, disappointed. And it obviously, at the moment, was shaking his head. We don't know how bad that injury is going to be. We'll know more in the next day or so. Um, but what have you made of the overall impact of Sessie Young? And do you think now is he first choice, in your opinion, over Regulon for that left-back spot? Well, I think I think it's I think it's a brilliant point made by by both of you. To be fair, on the whole Sessignon versus Reggie situation, because it, it, for me personally, clear as day. Were thanks, Ellie. Thanks very much. Loving my pad. Just give you a tour later. Um, the, <laughs> Easy. Uh, the, um, the Reggie when he came on, I know he scored straight away, which probably underpins the point I'm making. He was like a man possessed. It was like he was like, holy moly, I need to fight for my for my place and for my shirt. And that's credit to Cessignon because Cessignon's made that happen. He, I thought he was um, he was good in parts in that in that first half as well. Um, you know, good friend of the show, Nicky Wallace, always uh, watching and listening in. Are you getting on, Nicky, tonight? Um, mentions in the comments there. You know, he's made a glass Cessignon. So let's hope that it's not a bad injury. But I think that we were in a situation where Conte didn't really need to take any risks. Uh, he took off Sessignon, obviously, Son and Romero, and all three of them were both two on a yellow card and one had a, had a knock on his injury. So, you know, in, in maybe in different games, he might have he might have had to ke- keep Sess on, but let's hope it's not too serious. I, I think the both of them, that's a stronger left-hand side with that competition than it is on the right-hand side. You know, ever since my tweet that, that banged, by the way, when I talked about Emerson and like lay off him, he's only had like 11 games or whatever it was and all that sort of stuff. Um, and he's only 22. And since then, he's turned 23. I think he lost his dog. Uh, but now he, he found it again. And he, he certainly hasn't found any form. He, he has been poor. Yeah. Doherty, yeah. I, I can't believe that we're saying this. And, you know, Doherty's now moved in front of of, of him as a first choice right back. Convinc- and, and convincingly as well at the moment. Yeah, I've yeah, the last and, and Very convincingly, Rick, to, to be honest. So, no, I, I love a stat, as you know, from the Blue Book. And I'd like to give you this stat. So this amount of uh, um, uh, time, 10 appearances this season, uh, Doherty, one goal, four assists now. 
I'm going to compare that to the record of 55 appearances in a Tottenham shirt with one goal and three assists. The wonderful, the £45 million man, Giovanni Lo Celso. And <laughs> when you put that into context, don't you, that property yeah, yeah. has now got more assists than what Gio has in his entire Tottenham career, um, something is happening under Conte. So yeah. when, when Conte keeps talking about time, keep talking about patience, keep talking about some of the media and some of us fans and probably some of us on the WhatsApp group and some of us on this channel might look at it really negatively. And, and it might be the right way to look at it where he's saying it. But for me, he's been very, very consistent with saying, I need time, we need patience, we can't change 20 years of hurt, which is yeah. basically what he said recently. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's bigging it up. I think he's saying that, you know, at the end of the day, in his, in his, current, in his press conference, it's just finishing or just happened. You yep. know, it would be an absolute miracle for getting to the top four. It would be like winning the Champions League or whatever. I think what he's trying to say there is that we have no right whatsoever with the no. way we've been playing and our inconsistency to get in the top four. We have no right to do it. And he's putting that challenge down to the players to say, look, we need, we need, to, have, we need to try and we need to change the, the, that, that mindset. I think that Regulon being out with, and it was confirmed, wasn't it, COVID? Most most of the time yeah. the club don't tell you, but, you know, it was that he did have COVID. So, you know, now he's back and he's and he's, he's looking at that shirt and he's thinking, I need to I need to play well in order to get back in this side. And that can only be a good thing, can't it, lads? Yeah, Listeners, well, I think we're, we're, we're crying thing. out, yeah. I mean, we're crying out for competition, aren't we, really, across the squad? I mean, Rick's yeah. coming over to you. Um, Cessna Young himself, really, you know, he showed some real good attacking movement in that first half, you know, as well as a couple of sloppy moments if we're being really critical. But, I mean, overall, um, I think, you know, he would have felt, in the course of the last few weeks, that he's really now staking a claim for that left-back spot. I think he said that he's come out recently and said that um, for him, I think he's the best he's ever felt under a manager mm. at Tottenham because Conte's really believed in him. Now, Conte has just spoken in this uh, post-match press conference about Cesar Young. He says, we have to make an evaluation tomorrow. I hope nothing is serious. It is a muscular problem. Every time with this player, a run of consistency and then an injury. But I hope yeah. nothing serious. And do you know what? Conte's spot on there. You know, Cessna Young, for as much as he's been given game time here, an injury always seems to stop always him from being able to build yeah. momentum. And if it's muscular, that's a problem. You know, it yeah. is, if it's muscular, that ain't going to be a, mm. a quick one. If it's a dead leg or something, he might be out for yeah. the next game and then return. But he, he's he's now going to be out. And that, that now means that Regulon will, will start. And again, I don't personally have a problem with if it's Cess or Regulon. That's what I was trying no, to no, say. No, no, no. I think that's one of the I think that's one of the positions where we have got that yeah. bit of, you know, alternative. The, the problem now is that if 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 Cess is injured, Regulon starts, now there isn't a backup for that Man United yeah. game. And, yeah. and we know how hard the wing-backs in Conte's system have to work. That's why I still think that he has to... Now, Potts used to do it even with full-backs, to be fair, rotate them all the time. Like if, mm. if you go back and look at the record books, when we when we always talk about uh, or the stats books, the blue book, when we always talk about you know Lloris in goal and we had um, uh, Vertonghen and Alderweireld with Rose on the left and Walker on the right, and we go that was our back four. Actually, he used to change the fullbacks quite a lot, even even in in them strong seasons, like with Ben Davis coming in or Kieran Trippier coming in and that sort of stuff. Thanks, Beanie. But but the but the point uh, the point is is that. Under Conte system, then wingbacks have to be all the way, don't they? All the way up, all the way back, all the way up, all the way back. And I just think that having one of them out is a problem. That's why he can't trust Emerson Royale at the moment. So it feels like he's he's out injured. And obviously having yep. Sess out injured now on the other side, that's going to hurt us, isn't it? Yeah. Rick, let's go over to you. Um, just on that 
com- competition there between Sesson Young and Regulon. Do you have a favourite at the moment or do you think it's fairly even in the battle for that left-back spot? No, I, I'm with you. I think it's fairly even right now. I mean, Sess, you know, when he does burst forward, he lo- he does look dangerous, you know. Um, but I love Reggie as well. So I, I think the competition for places and the fight between them is only a good thing, like we've all been saying. But it really is a shame if he is if he has got a muscular injury like like is being said right there, that's gonna keep him out for I don't know, what, three weeks, a month maybe. That I think that's a real massive shame. I think that's gonna that's gonna you know, it's it's gonna put the dip on on Sessignon because again, he, he even in himself, every time he gets to trust his body and, and he starts to burst and he starts to go past people, which we all want him to do you know, he pulls up with a muscular injury, which is only going to just, it's just going to hurt his, not only his body, but his mind. Do you know what I mean? So hopefully, hopefully it is just a dead leg. Hopefully it's just a bit of ice and elevation. And hopefully tomorrow, you know, he's, um, we find out that he's not that badly injured and it's, and he can come back within, you know, a week, 10 days or so. But no, I, I, I like both of them. I, I think especially um, Reggie, I think Reggie's got a great cross on him. Yeah, um, I think he does have a turn of pace. He does have a turn of skill. But I agree with what, exactly what Lee was saying there. We we need our fullbacks to be able to be rotated because, as Conte said already, we we don't just need them to defend. We need them to be midfielders and we need them to be attackers. We need them to be everything. Do you know what I mean? So um, having a couple out is going to hurt us a little bit. But right now, Reggie, like we've just been saying there, you know, he's going to have the opportunity to step back in. And he's going to have to show up and perform. Just because Sessignon is out doesn't mean that his performances can drop off. Because if they do, or if he becomes untrustworthy in Conte's system, then as soon as Sess is back, he'll be dropped again. So it's now up to it's now up to Reggie to go and take that shirt, to go and play against Man United, and to show us what what type of player he is. What does he want to achieve with Tottenham? You know, yeah. and that, that can only be good for us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and again, sets, uh, from Regulon's perspective, you know, he had a really good impact, you know, just 41 seconds into coming on, scoring a goal that for Spurs really did kill that game. But to go back to the second goal of the game for Spurs, and it was Son really, coming over to you, Lee, that's roaring back to life. You know, Son, who, again, over the course of the last month on these shows, a bit like us on here, you know, such a different opinion on him. So I know you've always loved Sonny. Um, Spurs breaking it down the right, came front of Kulisevsky, really lovely move from Spurs, who played in Son, and he shot squeezed under Pickford. I think Pickford probably would have felt he should have done better with that effort, really, the way the ball squirmed under him. But listen, still got a score. It was lovely fluent play, really, from uh, Kane into Kulisevsky to then find Son. And at 2-0, you just felt that this evening, the game itself... It had lots more goals in it for Spurs. It really did settle us down on a way to a really comfortable win. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, you know, Son's having an absolute shocker, to be fair. Um, you know, you look at the likes of Kevin De Bruyne battering him in the goal charts, Raheem Sterling battering him in the goal charts, Jamie Vardy, Bruno Fernandes, Rafinha. Everyone wants a bit of Rafinha. Batter. No, they're not. None of them are. Son is the fourth of Premier League top goal scorers this season. He has got 11. And guess who's right behind him? You couldn't make it up having the worst season ever, the worst season <laughs> ever. And De Bruyne and Antonio, they're amazing. And Ivan Tony in his first season. And Emil Smith-Rowe, he's the best thing since sliced bread. And guess what? Kane on 10 goals in fifth place. I mean, you couldn't make this stuff up, could you? This is why it's such a crazy train. How have we got... 
two of the best players as a duo, as we already know, in the Premier League, in the Premier League era, in the Premier League history. Um, now they've had shocking seasons, or certainly Kane has. Son's uh, he blows hot and cold, doesn't have a fourth in the goal charts, and uh, Harry Kane fifth in the goal charts. So, look, I mean, look, with being serious, Son has had a dip of form. I mean, against Middlesbrough, he was absolutely woeful. It's the worst I've ever seen him play. And I'm including that in his first season when he was very, very hot and cold. Um, in, in his first season. But, you know, I think tonight, there's something there's something not right with Son. I think when Son feels like he's he's having a bad game, he has a bad game. Does that make sense? It makes it even worse. But then he's got the ability, even against Middlesbrough, he was woeful, but he could have scored that little kind of flick or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He could have yeah. done that. And he's done that so many times. Like, today, I, do, I, I think he had, a, he had a decent enough game. I think that, there was times when Kane's passing in the second half when Son went off. You're thinking, oh man, if Son was on the pitch, that would probably be 6-0 and whatever. Son could have probably ended up having a hat-trick himself in the second half if he didn't come off. But yeah, I mean, look, you know I love him. But he, I think this season, when when people in seasons gone by have said he, sometimes he blows a bit hot and cold and he has kind of purple patches or lack of consistency in some areas, I've always said, no, no, no. But actually, I have seen it a couple of times this season. But Again, I actually think that that's indicative of this team. This is the problem. You know, when when Conte gets the team, I'm not I'm not just talking about going to spend big in the summer and the individuals, but I think when Conte has, um, uh, you know, his team, like that we're playing together for each other all of the time, running, working, smashing, grinding for every ball, I mean, I've got, I've got to bring him up. I've got to bring him up. So I watched that Manchester derby yesterday. And I thought City were absolutely off the chart. I, I thought they were outstanding. Like some of the stuff that they were doing to win the ball back, they do it so quick. Bang, and all of a sudden they got the ball back. And you think, blimey. And, and, and you just want us to be at them levels. And I think that, you know, it's almost like this year, is this season, sorry, for Conte is like a prolonged pre-season. The results are like a pre-season. Don't really matter because it's a pre-season friendly. Do you know what I mean? It's like yep. I know they do matter, and I know it isn't a pre-season, but that's what it kind of feels like. But they're getting the energy, the team play, the patterns of play, the the, the you know the, the desire in their legs, in their brains. You know that that muscle mass to say this is what we have to do next season. So yeah, I'm hoping that is the case. But you know, some. So for me, I, I say I know I know it's banned about a lot. I think he's world class. I think people need to understand what he carries on his shoulders, not just for Tottenham Hotspur, but what he does for his country. This isn't about you know um, you know just just playing for your country. He's the superstar man in his country, in his in his in in Asia and Southeast Asia. He for me, he's world class, and and he's Tottenham. He's Mister Tottenham, and he absolutely love him. So to get another goal. To be up there on 11 goals um, after having seemingly a hot and cold season, I think it's a fantastic return. And long may that continue. Yeah, it's funny, Rick's with Son, because, um, you know, tonight when you look at it a cut of times, you know, he gave away the ball on the edge of Everton's box. You know, you look at where he had a couple of good opportunities that he kind of wasted. But, um, and that was including a one on one as well, but he popped up again with a goal for the team that at the time for Spurs to you know, set us down for 2 0. Um, I think that allowed us to even grow into the game even more with confidence that we would go and hopefully have a clinical win this evening, which it proved to be. Um, what do you make of it, Ricks, when Son is criticised for, you know, not being more consistent? Can you understand that? Or 
you know, are you of the opinion that what he brings to the team is enough? I mean, the thing is with Sonny is that he can always give more and he always wants to give more. So, um, yeah, he, he's not a robot, Ricks, is what I would say. He's, he's not a robot, you know. He can't give 10 out of 10 performances every week. We all wish he could. But sometimes he is, he is going to have a dip. Or sometimes the opposition are going to work out what Sonny's game is, do you know what I mean, and what positions he's running in, and they're going to control him. And, you know, we don't want that to happen. We don't want to admit that that happens. But it's going to happen. There are, it's the premiership. You know, so th- th- I love Sonny to bits. I do. I agree with Lee in the sense that he is world-class. And I think like Lee said there, it is very indicative of the team that he's going to have dips with the team, you know, but he's always there. He's always there for us. He will always pop up for a goal when we need him. Um, you know, he'll always be that guy, you know, and how nice was it today that we could make three substitutions for prevention rather yes, than... Absolutely. Rather than actually r- need r- to change the game. Rather than needing yeah. to change yeah. the game, rather than going for that extra goal, rather than trying to win it, r- trying to chase it, it was great to kind of take those three off and kind of go, all right, Sonny, listen, you, you, all right, we, you've had a great first half. It's a bit up and downy, but you know what? Come, chew your bones, get ready for uh, United on, on Saturday, on the weekend. Do you know what I mean? And the same with Romero on a yellow. All right, look, come off. Let's, let's make sure that you, you're not sent off or let's make sure that you're available for Man United. You know, yeah. it, it, it is really nice to see that. But again, on the back of what Lee was saying there about Conte in pre-season, it's very similar to Poch's first season. And we all know that when Poch came in, the double sessions, it, it, it sent shockwaves through that team. Do you know, yeah. when, he, when he first started with those double sessions and the tactics and, and raising that bar, it was very much like this. One week we was up, one week we were down. And we had to find that consistency and we had to find the players that were willing and wanting to work and fight for this system, for this team. And yep. within that year, he found it out. You know, we all know that he got rid of Adebayor, Soldado, Bentaleb. You know, he changed his midfield every, every season or so to kind of freshen that up, to kind of give them energy. It, it takes a minute. So ever since Conte's been here, he, he's trying to raise the bar again. He's trying to get us back up to, the, to, to those Man City levels where we can go into that game or those big games and kind of go, you know what, let's, let's go. I know we can get something out of this game rather than hoping. And little bit by little bit, we're getting there. All I asked for when I saw Conte was progression. And that's what I'm seeing. I am seeing yeah. a progression yeah. in patterns of play, in work, yeah. rate, in shots on goal, in crosses, in yeah. defending. Do you know what I mean? So it is there. We ain't there. We ain't there yet. But we are kind of putting these blocks into place. Yeah. So a little bit by little bit, bro. A little bit by little bit. How many points do you think Potticino got? In his first season, bear in mind it's a full season as well because he was appointed in the summer, 2014-15, after 26 games. How many points do you think he got? I can't tell you. I can't, yeah. Show, 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 blue book. Yeah, go on. Tell me, please. 44. I mean, you could not make it up. It is virtually Mm. exactly the same. Even goals scored and goals conceded, it is virtually exactly the same. It is very, very scary. 13 wins, 8 losses, 5 draws. Um, so we've had nine losses so far, um, but we've obviously had more, more wins as well than, than that so far. Uh, but when we've got an extra point, but very, very similar. So you're spot on with when you say it's very similar to that first season. And I think we've all got to remember as well, we had Nuno at the beginning of the season. We had 
players that were brought in for Nuno in this season. Yeah, for a, for a certain specific system as well, for a completely different system to this. Yeah, Emerson was brought in to play right back, and he's now not playing that. And you know, we, you know, the two signings that Paratici's made or Conte's made, and again, making some noises, if I can say that, alluding to the fact that he had a huge say in them signings. You know, bringing them people in, it wasn't just about Paratici; it was about these uh, Conte are asking for these people to to get them in. They've been excellent, haven't they? Absolutely excellent. All we've asked for as Tottenham fans is, from a recruitment perspective, is to get players in that are ready to compete and improve the first 11. And I don't think any Tottenham fan will please come on and, and take me to task. But I don't mm. think any Tottenham fan can say that Benton Kerr and uh, Decky has not improved our first 11. I, I think they've been no. super. Well, they're, they're, walking, they're walking at the moment, aren't they? They walk into the team. They really, really do. Um, yeah, but it's coming over to you that the third goal of the game, and to be fair, I mean, Lee joked earlier about uh, Doherty's stats up against uh, Lo Celso's. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, I think we finally found this creative midfielder in Doherty because, um, my God, you know, that was almost like Ericsson. Some just like you know, the, the assist he provided. It was an outrageous, ludicrous uh, first-time ball through to Harry Kane. And uh, Kane does what he always does, you know, one-on-one like that, played on side by the last man, finished, made no mistake about it. But, I mean, to be honest with, with you, I think the plaudits will go to Matt Doherty uh, for that assist alone. And I think, like I said, um, a crazy stats come up about Doherty in the last few minutes here is that um, he's now averaging a goal or assist every 100.6 minutes this Whoa. season. <laughs> yes. How did that happen? Like, what happened and how did that happen? But you know what? That's, that's, that's a mark of a good manager, a world-class manager. You know, again, I don't want to harp on about Poch, but Poch gave us plenty of examples and he, and he rose the bar for us. And, you know, I've said this a couple of times, but Moussa Dembele, Moussa Dembele, when, when Pochettino turned up, he, wasn't, he was a bit of a headless chicken. He could dribble around 14 players, but he'd run into the 15th. Do you know what I mean? He could he could hold on to the ball for five minutes, but as soon as he got to the to the edge of the box, he would lose it, and then they would counter on us. And it was only until kind of Pochettino came in and saw what he was about. You got to remember we didn't even know where his best position, uh, Dembele. At one point he was DM, one point he was centre mid, one point he was number ten. After there was an even at one point, I think he played as a number nine at one point. But uh, but forget that right now. But when Pochettino came in, he was like, I know what you are. I know what we can do. All right, so let us let us get you focused, ready, and do what you do best. Hold on to the ball, but pass it to the good players. And, you know, we saw a, a beautiful Dembele under, under Pochettino. You know, those couple of seasons under him, he was unplayable. He was untouchable. Right now, we've got Conte and a, and a player under Doherty that, I mean, I don't want to say I gave up on him. I don't want to say I gave up on him, but I was pretty, I, I mean, I did. I did. I gave up on him. I was like, well, this guy can't play. He can't play right back. He can't play right wing. He can't play left back. He can't play left. I, I don't know what he does. Do you know what I mean? But he was bereft of confidence. This guy has come in and, and really kind of empowered him, really said to him, like, you are a guy that I can rely on, but you need to show me on that field. You know, and that's why it's been hard between Emerson and Doherty. Them two flitting, flitting in, flitting out. And the inconsistency, especially with the team. But right now, you look at Doherty. Oh, my gosh. That through ball. That through ball 
I mean, give it up to Kulazewski for just creating havoc and confusing Everton's back line by running across, passing it to Doherty, and then first time through ball to Harry with acres of space. He had time to take the touch. He had time to do Sudoku. He could have done 10 press-ups if he wanted before he shot. He could have done whatever he wanted, Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? And oh, Harry as well, like, my yeah. goodness. He's starting to fire right now at the yeah. business end of the season. And Absolutely. That, and fingers crossed that can only mean good things for us. Yeah. You know, he's looking at those goal-scoring charts and don't think he's not. We all know he is. And he's yeah. like looking at Salah being like, all right, so what can I do here? What can I do? Can I catch him? Can I? And if he wants to, and if he can, that's it. Again, great for us. That means we're putting goals past people. That means yeah. we're actually playing football. You know, not like under Nuno when we was just passive. We couldn't even take a shot on goal. No. Right right now, we're playing ball. And Doherty, big up to him. I've got to big him up. I've got to say, fantastic. I think right now, the right wing back role is his right now. And yeah. I would never have thought that to be the case. Beginning of the season, last season, last week, or any week. Do you know what I mean? But he's earned it. So let's give it to him. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Well, what we're going to do, guys, is we're going to go for our, um, another break of the show very, very quickly. Hello, everyone. I'm Anna from Spurs XY, and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Finally, after a long break, uh, the women were back in action today on the 6th of March in the Barclays FAWSL. We were away at Reading, and, um, you know, on paper, I think we, sh- we should have gone into this game fairly positive. Um, However, the the score didn't really reflect that. I unfortunately couldn't make it to the game. Uh, I was otherwise occupied. But from what I heard on social media reports and various other sources, it was frustrating. Um, We put in some effort, but it didn't really do much. Uh, Ash had a couple chances, but the keeper was really good. Um, And it was just overall a frustrating game even though we dominated possession and territory and everything like that as we would have expected we just couldn't break them down um you know it happens I guess still better than obviously losing but it's just frustrating um we are fourth on the table uh, we're level on points with third place Manchester United uh, their goal difference is slightly better so you know still a very very positive um, outlook and very positive way of um, looking at the table but it's just it's just not ideal. However, well, I say however, actually. Unfortunately, to add on to that, um, our next game is at home on the 13th of March at the Hive against Manchester City. So, um, yeah. And then after that, we've got Chelsea away. And then we've got Arsenal away. So we've got three really, really strong games coming up. Um, I mean, it's, I'd obviously love to get a point or three or more from him. But if I'm being realistic, I don't know. I guess a draw against City would be good at home. Uh, I think Chelsea away and Arsenal away will be difficult, uh, if I'm being reasonable. But we'll see. That's um, that's far away, though. Uh, one game at a time, as they usually say. Anyway, I'll stop waffling because, realistically, I'm just talking too much nonsense now. I hope you enjoy the rest of the show and come on, you Spurs. For our watch audience and uh, as a, an audio and listening as well, uh, we've got nearly 800 of you plus watching us live on a uh, post-match evening which has seen Spurs smash Everton by five goals to nil and it's uh, due to the nature of how many goals we're having to go through, we are going to go for another break. So thank you so much as always 
Um, like I said, second half, guys, and I think, again, we were concerned that maybe Spurs would kind of take their foot off the gas. But if anything, it was almost like we went into overdrive, really. Such a great start, as we said about Regidon earlier, uh, making it 4-0 to Spurs. But again, Kulusevski, massively involved. Another assist for him. Uh, Lee, I think, as we just touched upon, really, you know, the way in which this guy has almost navigated his way now into that first team and looks now to be a regular. Uh, how impressed have you been, Lee, by just how... I would say so far, he's acclimatised so well to the Premier League. I know many say Swedes do seem to find it um, easier than maybe other um, overseas players from different nationalities to come over here. But um, you watch Kulisevsky play, it's almost like he's been playing over here for years. Well, I have to put it um, on Twitter, Spurs song sheets or um, somebody fire up Spurs song sheets, but... Give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, you know, to, to give him a song that quickly, you know, hats off to them. You know, the, the creative people that put the songs together and stuff. And I'm, I'm absolutely um, clucking to go for an away day as well uh, before the season's over to, to get in the mix of that. Um, it's, it's singing slight, in the wall, it's singing slightly differently. Um, when you're away, I think you sing all the whole time. So credit to, to all them guys and girls that are doing that. Um, and it's a brilliant song. And he's brilliant. I have to say, I am I am very, very happy that we signed him. Somebody put a stat out on Twitter earlier that was he is only nine months older than Phil Foden. Wow. This is, this, is, this is incredible. Like, you know, you don't look, you don't look young, does he? I think we've said it before on the show. He, he's like a 30-year-old in a 21-year-old's body. Like... You know, he plays the game as though he's been playing in the Premier League for, for ages. He is, I don't want to put too much pressure on a bloke because, you know, he might go and have a couple of bad games or whatever, but he has been the consistent one. Like, you know, he has just literally moved Lucas out of the way and gone, see you later, fella. I'm in the middle. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, just, just how quickly he's done that as well. Yeah, completely. And he's never played in the Premier League before. And yeah, I have to say, I know we've come on to your, your doppelganger, Rick, Ricky Bento first. <laughs> But them two signings have been, you know, would give a lot of rubbish to the um, to the club, and a lot. Of, I give a lot of flack to the recruitment and the way that we go about that. But them two players have been excellent, and I, I actually think in the end, because of the the Manchester United, the Arsenal's, the West Ham's, or whatever, all in and around that, all three of them clubs didn't make a signing in the January transfer window, and we made two. And shifted out four, which is really important in my brain. I know Conte's made some quotes, but in my head, you know, to get rid of a La Celso and a Tunga and Dembele and a Deli Alley after you see what Deli done tonight. I love him for what he's done for our football club, but the guy was like walking around. Um, I think that's massive. And to do that in that January transfer window, and I think that could be the difference. So, um, you know, Decky, as uh, as um, uh, Ali, Ali Gold told us, that that's what he's being called now, and, that, and that's what he likes to be called. I thought he was excellent. He's strong. He he. It feels like he is about to lose the ball, but then he doesn't lose it. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like he's got that extra, you know, that that I don't know gives that not gives that extra five percent, but he's kind of like all of a sudden he, he toes that ball. Even for you know to to to, to weigh Son in for for Son's goal, you thought oh, he's just going to get away from it, but he didn't. He got his toe on it outside of his boots just to get it to Son, and that's that bit of extra. He just looks up for it strong, powerful, knows what he wants to do. And I always, I'm not a massive lover of um, inverted wingers or people playing with a left foot on the right or vice versa. Conte loves it. Who am I to, uh, to, to question him? 
But my word, it's not just he hasn't got a left foot. He has also got a right foot as well. And you know, yeah. he can go either way. And yeah, he's been brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I can't, I can't, I can't praise the bloke enough. He's been absolutely superb. And he's 21. And we've got to remember, you know, Conte, when he first came to the club and he talked about being ready for the Premier League to fight, it's a different planet. I think he said, I can't, I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me, but I think he said something like, it's a completely different, it's like a different competition yeah. in the Premier League. It's like a different game. You know, when you're, and, and he was obviously referring to Brian Hill, and Hill's gone out. He's been absolutely fantastic in the in, in La Liga, um, and fair play to him. And I think he'll be an asset for us, um, either to sell on, loan out, or keep later on. But um, Decky, wow, walked straight into the first team. More assists again tonight. Goals yeah. in him, assisted in big goals. He's already scored a massive goal against Man City. Uh, one of our own, you know, Jace always says, you know, it's about them big goals. Lamella never really did it. I mean, he scored a Rabona against Arsenal in the North London derby, only for us to lose 2-1, and he got sent off in that game. So it still doesn't really count as a, as a, as a massive goal. And kulovsky has been here for, what, five minutes, and he's already scored a huge goal. Um, scored a couple now, obviously. And, uh, and, and assists, I think he's been superb. Yeah, Josh also interested, I find, Rick, as well, is that, you know, there seems to be that genuine trust already from Kane and Son and from Benson Cure and Hoybier that they know they can give it now to the left-hand side. There will be some emperor up there, I think, in the past where, you know, Mora, um, who, again, to be fair, this first half of the season, I've got to say, Mora, I thought, would really improved under Conte. I think there's no doubt about that. But I think, being honest about it, um, you can see now the level in which Decky has almost brought it to a different, I would say, how can they put the stratosphere on that left-hand side? I mean, I would only say that big, it feels like we've got a player that can not only create, but can also finish as well. You know, he's provided two assists tonight. and um, He's only been over here a month or two, which is quite incredible. Do you feel that, Rick, in the team, there's a bit more of a trustworthiness on the left-hand side? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Because he, the, the one thing that he is showing that everybody can see is desire. You know, he, if he didn't have no desire, he wouldn't have been able to put that ball in for Sonny. Just get that toe on it. It's not just his skill and technical ability. He's got a lot of intelligence. He doesn't always make the obvious pass. He doesn't always put in the obvious ball. You know, um, but what really impressed me today was how he rode a challenge, how he didn't just, just get the challenge and then just hope for a free kick. He rode it. He, you know, he got clipped twice today and just rolled and got back up and kept that move going. That's, that is desire. That is determination. That's a whole different thing. We're not waiting for the ref or VAR or someone to give us something. He was like, nah, let's go. And let's keep it going because that, that was almost an, an advantage for us to keep it going, keep that ball moving, rather than stop playing, let them get back into shape and, and, and lose the momentum. He has given us momentum. He is, he is there that, as a player that is, like Lee was saying there, that is strong, but the fact that he's not shy of a challenge, the fact that he can roll a man, the fact that he's big, he's physical, he's got broad shoulders, he's very square, do you know what I mean? And he uses his size to, to his advantage. And right now, we not only do we have a goal threat up, up there, but we have a physical threat up there. We have somebody that can, that can be trusted with the ball. He doesn't mind people crowding him because, again, he's got quick enough feet to get out of that, a bit like Benson. He's got quick enough feet to get out of those positions and to kind of get across at the end of that or to get something that can help the team move forward. So right now, it's only early. It's still early. But right now, my gosh, what more could we say? What more could we say? He is, yeah. Them two signings are bringing the side together. They're actually galvanising the side. They're, they're doing what we hoped others would do. 
You know, yeah. Delhi, the, the, the four that we got rid of, I've said before, uh, maybe on Chris's channel, but the four that we got rid of, uh, they were just names on paper. Mm. They were just names yeah. on paper. I agree with Delhi, yeah. Delhi, mm. Edombele, uh, Hill, and Lacelso, names on paper. They, they was on the bench, and if something went wrong, all right, cool, you can come on for 20, 30 minutes or whatever the case may be. But what, could they be trusted? Could you ask them for 90, 90 minutes and a performance? Could you ask them to go to the, to, down in the depths to try and get a win or to, you know, take the game by the scruff of the neck to try and get a win? You couldn't. However much I love Delhi for what he'd done for us, however much I wanted Edon Billy to be the, the biggest and baddest midfielder in our midfield, it, it didn't happen. But these boys have come in and done that. And, and that's due diligence as well. Like, like Lee was talking there about January, a lot of sides didn't make no January signings because we know, and Rakes, you bloody well know, that how difficult it is to, to, to yeah. do business in, in January. But Paratici mm. and Conte went back to two players that they knew inside out that they already trusted that they already done their due diligence on and said you know what come with us come with us come play some football come come it's make your name in the premiership yeah i i agree i mean happy gaming on there as well um he or she says that they're a they're a juve fan um and they they know they go uh a juventus fan Kula and benta very very good players uh conto is the best manager as well good luck so now fa thanks for for um for, for sharing that as well i think what's really interesting about uh, uh with uh Klebeski, and i've murdered that so to call him decky um decky is um is you no know, he's, he's had six appearances i know it's early days six appearances in tottenhamshire in the premier league scored two goals got three assists when you look at lucas and like lucas is a will always be a, he will be a bit of a legend i'm not saying he's going to get a statue but he will be a bit of a legend he he loves us. Coming Spurs, coming Spurs, coming Spurs, coming Spurs. He, he he is Spurs. He is very passionate. And when he when he when he has a good game, he has an absolutely brilliant game. And the Ajax uh, game, of course, is is testament to that. But he's played twenty three times this season. He scored two goals and four assists. Now, that, that's just you know compared to Decky, he's got two goals and three assists in six appearances. You know, Lucas has played four uh, four times as many games as um, as Decky and. The, the, the goals and assists are virtually exactly the same. So I think it's testament to um, to Decky that he's actually come in and just hit the ground running straight away. And he's gone, this yeah. is my shirt. You have to get it off my back now. And again, that can only be a good thing. One of the comments earlier is, let's hope Lucas can actually start to up his game. Because again, if he does, that can only be a good thing for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, can't it? Yeah. Um, Nino makes me laugh. Decky can cross. And this is beautiful. No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it, really, it really is beautiful. It's it is. Like his left, left foot, his left wand on some free kicks. Yeah. yeah. For all Kane, and I'm sure we're going to get to him, but for all Kane's sumptuous passes, sumptuous finishes, the, mm. the, the fella can do anything. He cannot take a free kick. Um, no. So let's go back again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, well let's leave Dyer to it. Let's let's give Dyer a little run in it. He, he took a good one against Middlesbrough. You know, he didn't score, but like, let's no, no, it's let's let's brilliant. Dyer look yeah. over yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Talking about, talking about uh, Harry Kane, um, it was a, a fifth goal for Spurs. And to be fair, again, Matt Doherty, I mean, how much of his involvement tonight? Plotting a lovely ball yeah. over the top to Harry Kane, who met it mm. um, with a perfect low volley past Pickford. And at that point, Spurs, I mean... I think we're all thinking this could be seven or eight or nine. It was just, you know, relentless from Tottenham. It was so great to see Spurs come out of the second half and really, you know, even still hit the accelerator. Uh, but Lee, Harry Kane, again, as we touched upon there, the, the quality of Kane's finishing, just magnificent, wasn't it? Oh, it's, it's just sumptuous, you know, I just use that word. It is, it is absolutely magnificent. And and I just, 
I, I love it. I, it just, it's, it's so difficult. I can't, I can't say anything else. Like, you know, uh, Rob C puts in the comments, what a finish. I, you know, I actually wrote on the WhatsApp group, what a ball. I mean, I, could, I couldn't believe what Doherty was doing tonight, pinging around some Perlo balls or whatever. But Harry Kane, he's just looking at it, looking at it. He's coming over his shoulder. He's coming over his shoulder and bang, he's hit it. And it's got, you know, left foot, right foot. He scores with Edders. He scores goals inside the box, outside the box. He pings goals. He, he, he's just unbelievable. He, Teddy said it tonight, didn't he? Teddy's showing him uh, on uh, Monday Night Football, if you've seen it. You know, he said he's the best number nine in the world. I've been saying that, as most of us have, for, for, for years. And he's still only 28. He's still got his best um, best years ahead of him. I thought that if you haven't seen it, hopefully it's on record, because all of you lot come back from the game, you're probably going to go and watch it again, because uh, that's, <laughs> that's what most of us lot do, um, go and watch the full match back. On MNF, the interview with Harry Kane afterwards was fantastic. They got the screen out. You know the screen that they normally batter him for. Why did you go down there? Or why, why didn't you get a penalty? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't you get a penalty? Yeah, it was that screen, same screen. Uh, but this time, man, they were obviously talking about his goals, his, the way he takes them, his finishing, and he was just outstanding. And Kane on form like that is just you. You know, um, when he got that ball, you just knew he was going to score, like hundred percent knew. I, I remember we went to Dortmund in the Champions League. I think it was the last round of sixteen. Um, and we had to um, we had to not lose. Uh, I think I think it was a second leg a few years ago, and we were getting absolutely battered. Do you remember? It might have been the first leg actually. We were absolutely battered, absolutely battered. But defending Hugo bodies on the line, whatever. And then the 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 ball broke to Kane, and you had absolutely no doubt in your mind. I think he picked up score. the halfway line. Yeah, yeah. He knew he was going to score hundred percent. And what did he do? Boom! Of course he did. And that yeah. is just confidence. He's gone above Thierry Henry. Uh, no, no, uh, no! Arsenal fans in here tonight. Come on, pipe up. Not <laughs> just yet. <laughs> um, but you know, look. I mean, Thierry Henry. Let's have it right. He was an absolute world-class player, striker, number ten. Loads of assists, loads of goals. He was amazing. The greatest ever striker. Yeah, our one season wonder has just gone past him in the goal-scoring charts, Premier League of all time. So uh, there's there's nothing else I can say about Kane other than he's 28. He's one of yep. our own. I'm absolutely adamant that he's signed a contract already. You know my views on that. You know where, where, where I am with that as well. I, I said it back in the, even the summer that he weren't going to City. And I think he's going to be one of our own. And I think he'll break all Premier League records in a Tottenham shirt. So, fair play to me. What was it now? I think, I think Rixley's now become like, the sixth highest player in Premier League history with those goals this evening. I mean, like Lisa's there, you know, taking over uh, Thierry Henry. So, for some other land, uh, landmarks for him, Lampard is next on 177. Then it's a ground 184. I mean, he could still, Kane, hypothetically, overtake both of them this season. I mean, that's just some incredible player we've got there, isn't it, Harry Kane? You know, we've said before, in terms of just we've how many passes. We've got 176. One set in the so Guerrero's, what, 170, 184? Uh, yeah, Guerrero with 184. That's another eight Lampard. Goals, it? Yeah, it's eight could goals. Be... So it could be done. I mean, Rick, anything more about Harry Kane you haven't said before on this show? I know you've always back to the record about him. I mean, it's, do you know what? It's really good to see this 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 season. The, the change in him. You know, at one point, we, all of us fans, we knew what was happening with the side. He knew it as a Tottenham boy. You know, there was that speculation that he was going and he wanted to go and the bids and the no bids and the not value. All of that palaver, all of that madness that was going on in his head in the first half of the season, you know, we, we didn't really see the Harry Kane that we knew. But as soon as Conte's turned up, little bit by little bit, we're starting, you know, we started to see 
the, the, the Harry Kane that we know and love. And to see him at, you know, in full throttle tonight against Leeds, even Man City, Man City, my gosh, my gosh, um, uh, unbelievable against Man City. So we're starting to see that Harry Kane that we know and love. And, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, not unlike Kane to bang four goals in one game. You know, like, I, I don't know whether we're, are we playing Leicester again this year? I'm not sure. Um, we are, we are mate. We are. We're coming, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many times? He loves scoring goals, like, bag of goals against Leicester. So, it, it, with the bit between his teeth and something to fight for, who say he, he, who, can, who can say he he won't do it? Who can say that he can't climb those those goal scoring charts? Who can say, man? Like none of us can say because Harry's one of a kind. And and if what Lee's saying is true and he stays stays with us for the rest of his career, my gosh, my gosh, have we got some good times ahead? Fingers crossed, anyway. But we've got some good times ahead if we continue building in this way and and with uh, one of the great great managers with Conte who knows exactly what to do and how to motivate him and how to play him you know yeah. big summer ahead big summer ahead yeah no, he, like I said Kane simply unplayable tonight and you know you look at you know some of the moments he had during the game he set up die with an opportunity you know just an all-round Harry Kane what, what a ball that was by the way wasn't it Rick what a yeah. ball yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hit the bar didn't he was unlucky yeah just yeah. a little bit behind him on his head or whatever yeah but... Again, the, the, vision, the vision, just incredible. They, they, always, they always used to say that of Shearer. Shearer, or Shearer used to say that about himself, to be fair, that he was the best crosser of the ball because he knew where to put it. Because as a striker, mm. that's where mm. you would want it. And and you could see that in, in Kane tonight as well. And actually, that after that uh, that interview in MNF, go and watch it, everybody. Um, yeah. he, he actually said, he admitted, he said, actually, my passing tonight wasn't, wasn't that good. Um, yeah. you know, he knows that you can pass better than that, and you just think that's so something you put the comment up earlier about Le- uh, Lewandowski and uh, Kevin De Bruyne a com- combination. Uh, Teddy mm. said it tonight, Teddy Shannon said it tonight. He, he thinks he's better. Oh, no, Jamie Carragher said it. He said he thinks he's better than De Bruyne or as good as De Bruyne in terms of I, passing. I, I, I think with Kane, that, and unless you're a Spurs fan, you watch him week in, week out, people will think we're crazy. But you know, again, yeah. when you watch Kane over the course of a season and what he's done and from where he's come from to where he is now. Um, I don't think that's crazy to talk like that. And again, no, I think you can only you can really. I think it's only being a Spurs fan when you watch the guy's progression that you acknowledge he's, just how far he's come. He's incredible. He's, he's now scored 20 goals in all competitions mm. every season now for yeah. eight seasons on the trot. Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like yeah. it's ridiculous. A hundred and what is it, 270 Premier League appearances and 176 goals. I don't know what the ratio is or the XG or whatever the hell that everybody works it out now, but that is also absolutely incredible goal return. Yeah. And considering this year he's got 10 Premier League goals after the season that he got last year, being top Premier League goal scorer and assist maker. And, yeah. the, and he started off, I think he hadn't scored a Premier League goal until November. Yeah. He went nearly three months without even scoring a Premier League This goal. is what's mad, isn't it? When you think about how slow he starts all it's these seasons... Incredible. Yeah, he's only, he's only nine behind Salah, and I know nine yeah. is a lot, don't get me wrong. But considering he never scored for the first three months, that is absolutely mental. I mean, his numbers just they're actually they are actually mind when you look at like Frank Lampard, who I know gets a lot of stick and whatever, and I, sh- I probably shouldn't like him on the basis that he's Chelsea and West Ham, but I actually do like Frank and I respect what he did in the game. I thought as a midfielder, I think obviously put it on early as well, insane numbers to score 177 goals in midfield. But, you know, he's a proper ledge. Yet Kane is about to overtake him. And he's still got five years, probably, four or five years left at the top. 
it's insane. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. insane number. I agree with Jay, what Jay says on the screen there now, regards to Kane. We all want to now see a performance up against Man United that we saw against City. You know, these are the games yeah. that we need Kane to step up. Spot and on, I think Jay. That's, that's absolutely, absolutely spot. On, yeah, yeah. Nicky says they're 20 goals in the last eight seasons. I think City offered 75 million. You know, they paid for Grealish. It's almost an yeah. insult, isn't it, really, when you think about that? Um, but... and, and we won't go into that because we've spoke about it so many times on air and off air as well. But yeah. you're absolutely bang on. It is an absolute insult. And if I was Harry Kane, I would be sitting there saying to, to them like up the road, which I, actually, to be honest, I think he did in the performance that you put in he against, against uh, City. Against yeah, yeah. He, did, he did put one finger up, didn't he? Yeah. He said, are you having a laugh? You know, that's insulting that you didn't come in. You pay 100 million for Jack Grealish, but you wouldn't even go near me. It wouldn't even get near 100 million with me. I mean, disgrace. So and no, that's and, without and the assists. That's, that's without right. counting the assists and the player labor awards and all of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah absolutely I'm, spot on. I mean, Ricks, when I, it's funny, Ricks, when I obviously asked you about coming on for this game, uh, your words were to me, oh, the Delhi Alley reunion. It's funny yeah, because yeah. Um, ahead of the game, obviously, Delhi didn't start, um, but obviously he was greeted with his song and a standing ovation from the Spurs and he did eventually come on the pitch. Um, it was actually a lovely moment at the end for those that didn't actually see it. I mean, uh, Ali Gold obviously shared this, that Hugo Lloris took Ali over to say a proper goodbye to the Spurs fans. Um, and Delhi saluted the fans and the home uh, the home fans applauded him. Now, it's funny because um, I don't know if anyone saw this set. I think in the 40th minute, Delhi was actually set to warm up by Frank Lampard. Yeah. I think many more thought he was going to bring him on at half-time. It's such actually the, the, the fall of Delhi that I mean, when he came on, I mean, there was just nothing really there of a performance. And uh, I, I don't really know what to, what to say about Delhi. It's, you know, again, it's an, e- an evening where uh, he got such a incredible, incredible, you know, salute from the Spurs fans and was applauded. But it's just a player that you think, God, what we had at one point. It's uh, For me, it's quite sad with Delhi. I don't want to spend too much time on it. We did, we did so much on Delhi when he was here and now he's not here anymore. But... Um, any thoughts of it, Rick, now, a few months going on with Delhi? It's it, it, exactly what you said there, bro, is exactly what I was going to say. It's a really kind of, it's a really sad situation. It's a really sad situation from the player that we knew, you know, and for him destroying the league for the amount of seasons that he did, to see the drop. And, you know, it looks like he's trying everything as well. It looks like, you know, in the summer when he was, still with us in the summer he went off to Dubai and wanted to train and do extra training before pre-season training and then Nuno trusts him for the first couple of games and he's in and he's playing again and doing okay but still not the Delhi that we know and love and then we have really bad performances in those four London derbies that we played back to back and it, it was a nightmare and then he's dropped out of the team and then you know he's been asked to play different roles here there and everywhere and you know, goes to Everton. They they kind of they they he gets the move. He gets to have a fresh start. Goes to Everton, and they start talking about his car and his hair. And then the next week, he cuts his hair. He's to me, he's looking like he's trying to do everything to kind of get back to some type of player that he used to be. But it's just really tough for him right now. I think probably Lampard could should have a good influence on him. Um, it's just, it, it, it was sad. I mean, to see him today on that field, to see Harry Kane tackling him, and it was an easy challenge because he's, you know, Delhi was standing still. He wasn't moving no more than a mile an hour. Do you know what I mean? And so Kerry, Kane comes in and kind of slide tackles, takes the ball, mm. you know, and we're on a counter again or we're we're on a move. It's like, and a, it's like a ghost of the player that was there, Rick, isn't it? it I don't know how it to describe really it. Is. 
And, and do you know what? He looked, he looked a bit emotional. I, I feel that he didn't want to show it because obviously no, he's got no, the Everton badge. No, definitely. I totally agree with you, 100%. He's got the Everton, you know, he's got the Everton shirt on and the Everton badge on his chest. But, you know, when that song was sung, that was sung by every single person in, in there. And it, at least he knows how much we loved him and how much we wanted him to kind of come back to his best, but how much we wish him well as well. So I really do hope for his sake that, um, yeah, he, he gets back to some type of form, if not the end of this season, next season. But they've got they've got a relegation battle to fight for. So hopefully if he gets a start and he can get some motivation and yeah, he, he's not he's not playing naturally no more, Ricks. He's not playing naturally no more. Everything mm. used to be off the cuff. So, so what, it's like a weight on his shoulders, isn't it? So it's yeah. like got, he's carrying around so much baggage there. It's um, yeah. it's it's really difficult. I mean, Lee, listen, I know same as you with Ricks. I mean, Lee, you was one of his biggest defenders um until the very end. So I know you love Delhi Ali. When you watch him tonight as an opposition player, how weird is that? And, and what did you make of a real subpar performance from Delhi in which um he came on for the second half and didn't really make an impact? Well, I, I'm a big, big defender, actually, six foot two at the back, you know, left back in the dressing room, typically back in my football base. Um, well, he was woeful. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about it. You know, tonight he came on a pitch, he was woeful. I, I think it got to him. I think he was still playing half, half, half lead for Tottenham. Uh, Rich, you mentioned about, you know, the sliding challenge by Harry and, you know, that, that sort of thing, which was brilliant. He had the design and termination. And Delhi just walked about the pitch. Um I've got massive affection for for the lad because of what he did for Tottenham, but he, he's he's not on loan. He's gone there, and that's it now. Done. So uh, you know, happy days. We we move on. But I, you know, for for him, it's a shame. I, I don't know what happened to him. Something switched in his in his life or in his mind. You know, I, I've said this before on the show, so I don't I don't want to I don't want to keep going back on what I say. But for those who haven't heard it, you know, one of my one of my key mentors uh, said to me once, if you peak too early the only way that you're you're going is down because mm. you've already hit your peak and it felt felt like to me that Delhi is his peak at 23 that is absolutely crazy if you think about it or 22 23 and now all, all he can do is his career unless he finds another form and there's still time because he's only 25 but all it can do is kind of go downwards you know because he's at his peak so early I mean he's at Everton now they're one point correct me if I'm wrong above the the relegation zone. So they're on a proper, as Rick's just said, a proper relegation scrap. And that's where his career's gone. Um, and, you know, I think it was said in the comments as well, you know, he's on the bench tonight to a team who's got absolutely ruined 5-0 and he still couldn't even start that match. So, yeah, I feel I feel bad for him. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's um, you know, uh, PTM mentions in the comments there, yeah, Wayne Rooney peaked young. No, he didn't peak, did he? Because if he's peaked, the only way is that you can go down. But you, you haven't peaked unless you peaked, have you? So you, you can't peak and then peak and then peak, can you? you your peak is the top that you've ever been. And then, and then you can go down. So, you know, Wayne Rooney was always on the rise. He was always on the rise. Yeah, from Everton onwards. He's on the rise now. He's, he's on the no. down, downward slope climb. So it looks like he's peaked. Boys, you know, you, you know, you were saying about 23 there with Delhi. Do you remember that? Do you remember that interview he'd done as a 23 year old? And he said something along the lines of, I can't do what I used to do in my younger days or something like that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, yeah, so I think you're absolutely yeah. spot on there, Lee. Something switched. Something switched. Something actually. switched. I don't know what happened, but like I remember hearing that, and I was like, "He's 23. What's he talking about? He can't do what he done in his younger days." Like, 
what was that? You know, like, what's he talking about when he was 12? Like, what's he yeah, talking yeah. No, about? No, yeah, you know? that's, what I mean. that's what I mean. I weren't being moved to PTM, by the way. I was just, I was just saying, you know, like, um, Carl Allgood says there's no peak beyond the peak. You, you can't peak beyond the peak, can you? Because it's the top of the mountain, right? So, yeah. you know, and, and when Delhi, you're right, Rich, when Delhi's coming out and saying at 23, oh, yeah, I can't do what I used to be able to do. I think it, maybe it was alluded to in the comments again about hamstrings or the injuries that he's had or something like that. But at the end of the day, he, he was almost talking like a 33-year-old when he said that. You know, yeah. crazy. I mean, gosh, I mean, one of the legends of, of our game, of our football club, you know, the fantastic Ledley King, he used to play with one bloody knee. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, that's a weird thing to say. But look, I, I wish him well. There's no bad feeling about Deli Ali, but we were right to move him on. Just like we were right to move on Giovanni Lascelles. So, just yeah. right that we were to, to, to move on um, Tungon. And Dombele. Yeah. And also, just right that we move on Hill. I know Hill's playing really well, but that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Maybe, and I agree with Ali Gold here, maybe we should have pushed him to another Premier League club so that he could get the experience of the English game. But I actually think that that Paratigi's bought him um, like he bought Weston McKinney. Is it Weston McKenney? No, who's yeah. the guy? Was it Weston McKenney? He, he bought him and then he put him straight out um, back on loan or he, he, he yeah. sold him for 30 million quid or something like that to, to a German team and then bought him back. He's, he, he's done that as an investment piece. I, I don't think Brian Hill will ever play for Tom. Popular. I, don't, I actually don't think he will. John, uh, one of our own from Lily White Rose, said, Keep loaning him out, get his value up, get him playing really well, and then someone will buy him. I, I think if you if you put a value of 15, 16 million on Eric Lamella, plus the 25 million that we pay for Hill, what's that? 30, 41 million, 40 million, something like that in, in and around. Hmm. Will we get that back in the transfer fee? If he explodes in La league, we probably will. So them four players going out of the football club was absolutely the right decision, like 100%. Yeah. Well, you um, obviously say that. I mean, I've got to th again, those players deemed to a loan. They will, I mean, listen, let's just hope they're. Uh, doing their best, very best to earn a move away. I think Barhill, I think many will want to see Hill obviously try and succeed at Spurs. But, I mean, again, the likes of, you know, Tungu and Dombele, as we said, Lacelso, Deli Ali, who has obviously gone on the perm, just to confirm. Although it looks like Everton at the moment won't be, won't be paying for a fee for the player. Bearing in mind, he's obviously not going to be starting yeah. the 20 games to trigger it. Is that is that is that just this season or does that continue into next season no, in terms I, of that transfer? From what because I understood, it was, this, it was going to be this season. So Everton... He's gone on a free transfer, yep, yep. Wow. That's as far as I understood it. I mean, wow. again, the, the, the wow, full weight, the full. Um, guys, just touching upon the defence, uh, conscious of time. I mean, Romero, coming over to you, Rick, you know, worked really hard tonight defending well against the Everton side. I think sometimes that you can sometimes overanalyse an opposition too much how poor Everton was. But, I mean, Romero tonight, I think, again, showed his quality, showed his class. I mean, uh, we saw at half-time, he loves to get involved in an argument. Nothing to do with him. <laughs> Straight over there pushing the players. But um, I've, I've got to say that, you know, Romero, listen, as we've said about um, the likes of Benton Cure and Kulisewski, he's just fitted in so well. And I think as a signing, in terms of recruitment, um, definitely on we've done really well. Then also Eric Dyer, you know, stopped everything that's came his way. What, what have you made that said about Perry and Rick? I mean, we must be very pleased about how they're working. And again, oh, Ben man. Davis playing well. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I know Ben Davis is your favourite player, uh, Rick's, but... Uh... Oh, cool. <laughs> But no, I'm loving it, mate. I, I, I think... Six out of ten even... tonight, Rick. Six out of ten. Ben oh, Davis. definitely six out of ten tonight. He's got a clean sheet, the bloke. Come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, um, no, Romero is... I, I think we need that bit of fire. I think we need... I need that. I think we need a bit of that kind of niggle, that aggression, a bit of kind of... Um, 
you know, that, that, that proper will to win, you know, when you put everything out there, he's putting his head, his heart, his legs, everything. He's doing everything that he can do. And, and not only to kind of get himself going, but to get the players around him going. Building up a great relationship with Dyer right now. And even with um, Davies there, little bit by little bit, like I was saying there earlier, they're beginning to trust each other. They're beginning to understand each other's games. And I, I think it's a, it's a fantastic signing, Romero, for, for us. And even him, he's only just started. He's only just begun. He hasn't even hit the levels that he's ready for. Do you know what I mean? He's only just jumped into the team under Conte, had a couple of games under his belt. You know, um, he, there's so much more to come from Romero. So much more. And I, and I love that we signed him. Well, we haven't, uh, we, that's another one, isn't it? We haven't it's, one, it's, an, it's an obligation to buy. So, I mean, I think yeah. the the actual deal structure is in place. Talk about deal structure. I must have said Delhi Ali. I think as I, I will be stand to be correct. I think Delhi, that will involve next season in terms of the 20 games. So you think okay. Everton, he will reach 20 games. So just okay. to be correct on that. But yeah, Rick, in terms of Romero, um, as far as I understand it, that is an all but foregone conclusion. I mean, only Spurs perfect. could mess this up, by the way. In it, in it. No, but perfect. But like somebody, somebody like Romero under Conte, what, what, what a beautiful balance right there. Mm. What a beautiful relationship that, yeah. that's beginning to build there. Yeah. If we can get one more in the summer, maybe two, I mean, we could be flying. We could be yeah. flying. Yeah. Um, there's there's and, no and doubt quick, how much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just going to say a quick thing on, on Hill. I've got a feeling, like you, you, like you were saying there, Lee, that he's going to, you know, he's gone back to Spain to find his form, to get him back on track, to get some games under his belt. I think maybe, maybe next year he might be loaned out to an English side for him to get that robustness because he did admit that his physicality in it, and you know he found it difficult in in uh, playing for the in, in England and in the Premiership. So he's doing well out there. I really do wish him well. But either which way, like the both of you boys were saying there, if he smashes it and continues to smash it, then his value, especially as a young per, young young player. That could go to 50, 60, 70, 80. They paid 100 million for Jack Grealish. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So you, you just never know. Either which way, it's going to be a good thing for us. But I do hope that he can come back and kind of go to an English side and then build up his physicality and then do something for us. Yeah, just very quickly, Lee, you had some comments in about Romero. Uh, just in terms of having to find that balance, he does walk a very tight, uh, tight, tight rope, really. I mean, we saw Conte bring him off early in that second half. He was on a yellow card, obviously just saving that Man United game. Any concern, Lee, just in terms of um, that aggressive nature? Or do you think that makes him the player that he is? I love it. Absolutely love it. It's exactly what we need in the side, to be honest. Exactly. Um, we had uh, we had Jan Vertonghen, who was a Rolls-Royce of a defender. And next to him, we had uh, Toby Alderweireld, who, uh, who was a Bentley. Right? We had a Bentley and a Rolls-Royce. And they just used to grace us with their roles and their Bentleys and it was fantastic. Do you know what Romero is? Do you know what Romero is? He's a Mercedes-Benz G63, six by six. That is what he is. He is an all gung-ho tackling. Go and have a look if you don't know what a Merc G63 is, right? It's six by six. It's the six-wheeler thing that Mercedes have bought out of G63. Amazing, luxury, luxury vehicle, but it is like a tank. And that is what he's like. He, he, for, for me, does not care. He is luxury. He is brilliant. And, and he's also really aggressive. And we haven't had that before. Um, no. For a long time, actually. For a long, long time. So it doesn't worry you, Lee, that? That doesn't worry you at all? That comes with no, the I territory, think, right? 
I think if you're asking me for pressing me to say, do you think he might get sent off? Yeah, I do. I think he might do, right? Um, you know, I think that um, I think that he's got bookings in it. But I think that's what we also need as well. I think that we need to have that in this. Uh, and I think I think Davison Sanchez potentially could get sent off, but maybe because that's because he falls on his face. Whereas actually Romero gets sent off because he's taken out Richarlison's legs. I mean, you know, I know which one I, you know, I'd rather have in that aggression piece. I don't think I know. I know the game is is virtually going to a non-contact sport, but I think aggression in the right way is very, very good. I think it's very, very good. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I really do like him. I, I have been critical of Romero though um, recently because I think you know in the air and you know gave away the point against Man City. He gave away the goal, in my opinion, against Burnley. Um, yeah, you know, got, got stuck underneath him, and you know, like somebody said earlier, that Son is not not immune to criticism. We should be able to criticise Son, and and I agree. I agree with the comment. To be fair, um, Romero is the same, but I do love his aggression. I, I do, you know, I, I think. I think we're all waiting for Dyer and um, Romero and and Davis. So they're, they're not a partnership, right? It's not Dyer and Romero. It's a it's a triple. Like it, they're, exactly. they're together, all three of them, and you know they're coming together as a package. And at, for the most part, when they've played together, we we haven't conceded that many goals. Like yes, we lost to Middlesbrough, and yes, we lost to Burnley, but we lost by one goal. Um, yeah. You know, yes, we conceded two goals against Man City, but it's Man City. So, you know, mm. I think, and we've kept a couple of clean sheets on the on the on the spin now in the Premier League as well. So, I do like Romero for sure. So, look it up. G sixty three six is Romero, mate. Hundred percent. You know, every time he has got a yellow card, though, he has shown composure. Not to he's, go yeah, over he's, the top again. Yeah, you he know? seems to manage himself really well, Rick, doesn't he? On, yeah. on a yellow. Yeah, which yeah, again yeah, is a yeah, yeah. is a good is a good trait. Um, just to finish off, guys. Um, again, a player. Well, two of our midfielders, uh, Ricks Hoybier. Um, I thought really put in a decent performance tonight. You know, was covering a lot of ground on the pitch, and of course, Benson Cure back in the Spurs side. I mean, you know, talk about composure. Someone that just seems to make things tick. A couple of really nice crunching tackles in there as well. Yeah. I mean, just just top class, wasn't he, Rick Benson Cure? Oh, and it, it worked really well that partnership with uh, Hoybier next to him. Yeah, and it's building, and it's only just yeah. begun. Do you know what yeah. I mean? But but everyone, including Conte, everyone in the side, in training, they're seeing what these boys are bringing. They're not just coming here to earn their money every week. They're not just coming here to kind of get their Bentleys and their Rolls and their G6s and all the rest of it. They're here to kind of do something, to make a statement, you know, to play football, to do it with passion and aggression and, and intelligence and... Benton Core is dynamite. Soon, the first time I saw him come on for those 15 minutes, the first thing he'd done, he was on the edge of the box in, in defence and he got he got out of, uh, out of about three players surrounding him with like two quick twinkle toe touches and he was gone again. He doesn't only just do that. When he does that, he's got the intelligence to see the runners, to see his teammates. He's not just whacking it out up the field and hoping. He knows what he's doing. And this is just the beginning with Bentinker. Just the beginning with him and Hoiberg as a partnership. We've still got Skippy to come back. We don't know what he's going to look like with, with uh, yeah. you know, Skippy, Skippy and Bentinker. That yeah. could be fantastic as well. So right now at this business end, with the, only the premiership to concentrate on, this could be the time that the side starts clicking. And if that's, if that's the case, oh my gosh, then 
it could be a really lovely end, end to the season for all of well, us. Well, it needs to be, Rick. Let, let's be honest. It, it needs, needs to be, yeah. Because, you know, I, I know we're, we're, we're putting kind of a lot of eggs in the basket of, oh, know it's a bit of a pre-season and, you know, next year, next year and all that sort of stuff. But under under this uh, uh, this board, under this stewardship, under this uh, custodian of Daniel Levy and Inc., we always do say, oh, well, there's always next year. Like, it's always mm. that, isn't it? Like, at some point, it's got to be, what's happening this year? Do you know what I mean? What's going to happen this year? So, I, I think I think Benton Kerr has been absolutely outstanding, like literally brilliant. And I think you're I think you're both right. The two Rickies, double Rick tonight. I've been double Ricked. I think um I think with Hoiberg looks like a different player uh, alongside Benton Kerr. I, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. And some of the touches, the, the, his I think I tell you what it is for me, either confidence or that that assurance. That he can do something, can get out of a tight situation. He he's not afraid to try something. He still gives the ball away. He gave the ball away outside the penalty area tonight in the second half. But he 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 even uh, in the Man City game, I noticed that when um, when Romero gave away the penalty, he still done some sort of like quick turn, in the, you know, to get away from in the penalty area to get away from from the attacker uh, at the time uh, before the penalty was given. And you just look at them little touches, and you think he's class and he he's got something. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, again, listen... Yeah, sorry, Rick, because obviously yeah. he's your couple ganger, right? So you can't keep bigging him up because it's like bigging yourself up. <laughs> like, come on, son. Um, no, but just, just quickly to add as well, when, when you look at the way the team's set up tonight, um, Everton are playing a 4-3-3, right? So you've got three in the middle of the park and Tottenham are playing f- two in the middle of the park, essentially, because you've got your, your wing-backs that are put, you know, your, their players are four across the middle, but they're actually not, are they? They're, they're up and down, up and down. So actually, to, to to really control that game, what what we did tonight with three versus two was testament to Hoiber and Benteke. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I won't say much on the right because it does like, it, no, it feel weirdly picking him up. Yeah, like. He's been good though, anyway. To be fair, Ricky said he has been. He has been. Yeah, good looking bloke. <laughs> Right, we'll, we'll, we'll leave him there. We'll leave him there. Uh, guys, we have got another show that we're bringing you uh, later in the week to preview Man United in a bit more detail. But I just want to end it on a Conte quote just to get Lee and uh, Rick's thoughts. So Conte said, I put this target to my team. We have to stay until the end, very close to the top teams and do something important. To finish in the top four, as we mentioned earlier, would be like winning the Premier League or Champions League this season. Um, now, Guys, I know we've kind of avoided this subject for the last well hour and a, hour and a forty minutes now. Um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty at the moment around um, Conte's long-term future, um, and obviously there's obviously the season ticket renewals that we'll touch upon more in our show later in the week. Um, Lee, judging by that performance, I mean, um, again, so much speculation, conjecture around whether Conte's going to be here next season. Um, you feel that if he's laying down a gauntlet to the players, you know, they seem to believe on the back of you know that target being set that he's very much. Still invested? Do you feel he's still invested, Lee? Yeah. Do you know what? I was, dri- I was driving home from the office earlier. I went, we obviously don't, didn't make the game, so I was, I was late. And, I, and I, was, I was actually having a conversation with myself, like, actually out loud. It's, it's so ridiculous. I, I can't even believe I'm telling the world this way. But it wasn't on this very subject because it really, really annoys me. Like, it makes my blood boil when I hear some of the quotes um, or some of the some of the things that Conte said that ended up being misquotes, either paraphrased by other journalists or by Twitter itself. Not even by journalists, actually. Let's not let's not let's have it how it is. It's just some randoms on Twitter 
who I'm a random on Twitter as well, by the way, but uh, some people on Twitter just paraphrasing going, oh, he's going to leave, he's going to go. And then, you know, that's the rumours that start. It makes my blood boil because there's, there's no smoke without fire. I think I've learned, you know, I'm old enough and ugly enough to, to, to know that. So I'm not naive enough to think that everything's rosy in the garden. But I also do think that he is constantly reminding us that this is what his narrative has been. From day one, his narrative has been, I need time, we need time, we need to fix this, we need patience, but we also need to change, we need to eradicate 20 years of, of, of pain, of, of doing things in a, in a ridiculous way, recruiting in a stupid way. Like all of these things, I know I'm completely paraphrasing now, but he's basically said all of this stuff and what what generally happens when it comes out into the um, into the into the media and, and, and out into the world of YouTube and Twitter and everything else is that we all have our own take on it, and that's the beauty of social media. And it's the beauty of the world that we live in today. But the problem with that, of course, is that it starts to do everybody's head in because you know after every defeat he can't be like off his tits, and then after every win can't be like off his tits. Like there has to be some sort of in between, a little bit like what Jay says, don't get carried away over win, don't get you know carried away over loss, same, somewhere in between. And I think the last couple of press conferences, Conte's almost been, been like that. But w- when you take it up to you know, when you talk about you know, is he going to be around for the next for the for the next year, the facts that we all know are he signed an 18-month contract, okay? So he's only got one year left on his contract when this season finishes. That is factual as we sit here and talk today. What's, what's also factual, um, and uh, I, I thank the great Ali Gold for this, because he, he said this on his video post uh, Middlesbrough, but under 20 years of reign of an ink, we have had 21 managers. Sorry, um, uh, we've had 12 different managers, right? That is what that is. That is a manager less, less than, than a season. Yeah. every two every season. Yep. That, that is that is absolutely ridiculous. And when you put into perspective that Potticino was there for five and a half years, it's even worse. So fundamentally, something has to change at the club from the top all the way down. And we need to make when I say we, I'm not nothing to do with the club. And bearing in mind, there's a load of people that watch this channel that think that we get freebie tickets and then we get paid by the club. And I mean, it's literally <laughs> laughable. You come and ask my kids and my wife if I get absolutely anything from the football club. Generally, you, you, you honestly, you're on a different planet, you lot. But so, so I don't, I don't work for clubs. I don't have anything. But something has to change from the top of the club, and and they need to make a decision. We as a club, as football, as, as Tottenham, have to make a decision to say this is the direction we are going in. And and if that is Conte, you whack a five-year contract on the table for him and you say, is what do the media use? War chest. They love that, don't they? It's a big war chest. Right? So give him a war chest, give him a five-year contract and say, sort us out and make us the best team on the pitch that you can make us. Because at the moment, we're in a situation where we are, we are up and down, up and down, up and down. We're... Conte's moves up and down, up and down, up and down. The club right at the top. When I say the club, I'm talking about the board. You know the you know the people that are making the key decisions. They don't know what they want. They don't. They can't make their mind up. And I mean that with the greatest respect because they're they're brilliant people in, in what they do and so on and so forth. But equally, you can't have twelve managers in twenty years and think you know what you're doing because you don't. You know. So so that always comes down. So the recruitment of managers, the recruitment of the players, the recruitment around the football club has been absolutely woeful 
woeful from top to bottom. And when you think about it, this is also a football club going back under the likes of Harry Redknapp, under the likes of even Villas Boas, under the likes of Mauricio Potticino. We've had some outstanding players for this football club. Jermaine Defoe, Peter Crouch, Modric, Lloris still there, Jan Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Dembele, nearly said Dembele. Dembele, you know, Bale. Un, and look, the list goes on and on and on. Bobby Keane, Jermaine Defoe, you know, Michael Dawson, Ledley King, whatever. And we've won two trophies. One trophy under... It's not good enough. And somebody somewhere needs to make a decision at the top to say, this is the direction that we're going in and this is what we're doing. Because what we can't do, Rick, and sorry for the rant, and I appreciate that you wanted to get off now, but what we can't keep doing is looking for short-term desperation fixes. And, and what I found very, very interesting, and this is why I don't think Antonio Conte is going anywhere, is last night when Gary Neville and Moy Keane were taking, along with the other Sky people, were taking basically the mick out of us, saying, oh, it's only Tottenham, Man United will, will win. Well, firstly, I hope any Tottenham people are watching this now and they stick that all over the dressing room and all the old cliches because they actually think just by turning up, they're going to beat us. So make sure that's not obviously the case. But the point I wanted to make was Gary Neville was absolutely adamant that Manchester United didn't go for Conte and won't go for Conte and don't want Conte because he's a short-term manager and they want a long-term manager. So if that's the case, here's the thing. Potticino goes to Manchester United after whatever happens at PSG. Conte potentially could go to PSG. But why would you go for Conte when you've got a Parisian and... Um, Zinedine Zidane, who's already won the Champions League. And Conte's record is outstanding, but he's never won a European trophy, right? Um, he got to a final, but he's never won one. So, so why would you go for Conte when you could actually have Zidane, who's, who's from Paris, PSG, blah, blah, blah. Then, So where does Conte go? He ain't going to Real Madrid because Angelotti's about to win La Liga with Real Madrid himself in his first season back. He ain't going to Barcelona because Barcelona have got their prodigal son in terms of their, their, new, their manager there now. He's not going to go to another English side unless, unless he goes to Arsenal. And Arteta at the moment has got the top four bank. Manchester United don't want him. City, Chelsea, they, they, they don't need him. Liverpool, they don't need him. So he ain't going to go to another Premier League club. So I'm not saying that Conte's not good enough to get another job. I'm not saying that. But where's yeah. he going to go? Inter Milan, by the way, are top of the league. And he don't work there anymore. And he said specifically, I always leave, leave my teams in better shape than when I left, uh, when I had them and they make more money and they go on to win. And he's bang on right. Cause in, so he ain't going to go back to Inter. He ain't going to go to AC Milan. He's not going back to Juventus because Allegri's there. Do you see where I'm going for this? So for everybody said, he's got to walk. He's got, where's he going? So I, I, I do think that there's a bit of balance needed in where we are. But as a football club, just to summarise, we need to turn around and say, this is our stake in the ground. This is where we're going. This is what we're after. Conte's a man to lead the crazy train. Is a five-year contract. Off we go. It is a three, 300 million war chest over the next 18 months, uh, over the next two transfer windows. Let's crack on because we've got Newcastle. I mean, Abramovich uh, obviously selling Chelsea. We don't know what's going to happen there. Is, no. is that going to plummet? We don't know. But Newcastle are definitely on the rise. They ain't going down now. So they're going to be a Premier League uh, uh, club next season. They're going to absolutely splash the cash. Manchester United are going to have another manager. They're going to splash the cash. So 
we're, we're up against it. We're, we're all going to have to improve, aren't we? This, every club will be improving. Yeah. Uh, Rick, also, I mean, a great passion there from Lee. Great speech. Yeah, and again, well, you know, lot, well, you know, no, lots of people yeah. agreeing. Lots of <laughs> Conte on job seeker now. And somehow I think he's all right with, with, the, with the payoff he's getting from Spurs at the moment in terms of the wages. Rick, to close it with you, just quickly on Conte now, as you know, we, we visit an evening where Spurs have won 5-0. Um, where are you on his future, Antonio Conte, long term? <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you said quickly, so I might have to apologise for rant number two. Um, right <laughs> there we <now>. go. Um, <laughs> but a couple of things. Okay, so 18-month contract. <clears throat> it's an 18-month with uh, an additional or an optional 12-month on top of that as well, right? But the 18-month contract allows Conte and Tottenham both get-out clauses. Now, if Tottenham do not back Conte with the funds or with the, the, the things that they said they were going to going to do he can then say all right cool fine you 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 guys go on about your business and i'll go on about mine if it goes the other way and conte becomes becomes toxic he's there's only an 18 month deal there he he can be sacked and it's the conversation is still going to be big but it's not going to be as big as it would be on a five-year contract at this moment but with conte i think we've got to think about him a bit like kane right kane was going ever since he's one season wonder he was going every season the papers, Twitter, ev- everyone, apart from Tottenham fans, were saying that he was going to go, he should go, he was going to go, he should go. He Right. So he, he hasn't gone nowhere. He's still wearing a shirt. So while Conte is wearing a shirt, let him wear the shirt. While he's doing the job, let him do the job. But let me tell you something to every single Tottenham, Tottenham fan out there. Conte, at some point, will leave. He's going to leave. It's in his DNA. It's in his traits. Even if he goes on holiday for a year and then a job arises and then he can take that big job, whatever job that may be, he's happy to do that, all right? So at one point, he's going to leave. Now, whether we don't back him and he wants to leave or whether he wins the league for us, that might be enough for him to be like, okay, great. Well, it's my time to leave. I'm going to go over over to this side. I'm going to go get some sun in Spain or something like that. The only difference is right now, is that it's very similar to Pep. Pep Pep Guardiola was this same type of, uh, it was described as the same type of manager that only goes somewhere for two, three years, two, three years, wins everything that he can, changes the whole game and then moves on. The only way that that can change, if we want him as Tottenham fans and as the club, if we want him to stay for longer than those periods, if we want him to stay for three seasons to five seasons, then we as a fan base have to seduce him. In In the sense of when we're dipping, on the field, we need to roar. We need to make that noise in the stadium and back that team because that's what backing Conte is: is backing his system, backing his tactics, backing what, what players he's put out onto the field. And if we can do that, and when they're having a dip, to roar them forward, to pick them up, he's gonna go, "Wow! Look at look at this crowd." He's already said he doesn't deserve the Antonio song that he wanted to make us proud with that FA Cup. Obviously, it didn't yeah. go the way that we wanted it to go. Um, but he's already recognised how much love. He knows that we love him already. And the thing is, it's okay to love him. Just don't fall in love with him. Because he's not Pochettino. So he's true. not going to love us the same way Pochettino. He's no. not going to cry for us, I don't think. No. You know I mean? He's going to show all the passion, all the love and everything else. And he's going to give it to us. So it's up to us to, to roar them on when they're, when they're dipping and to roar them on when they're winning. And he will look at us and be like, wow, maybe I can actually be the architect of the best cathedral in this whole Premier League. Maybe I can actually be here on the ground level and build something from the ground up 
in my image, with all the power that everyone's given me, with all the kind of choice and the money that everyone's given me to get this player, that player, and make the real big decisions in, in, in this club. Maybe that's what I want to stay with. Maybe I've, I'm done with kind of jumping from club to club. If we as fan base are giving him everything and the board are giving him everything and he's getting everything that he needs, well, then maybe he'll stay. But let me tell you something, whether we don't back him as a fan base or as a board or as a club, or whether he wins the league, at one point, he will leave. So stop worrying about it. Enjoy him while he's wearing a shirt. Enjoy it while he's managing and doing the job. And let's back him. Let's us as a fan base back him with our voices and with our passion and with our hearts when they're high and when they're low. And who knows what can happen tomorrow. And yes. also, last thing, boys, both of you work too damn hard, all right? Both of you, Lee, Ricks, you work too damn hard. You should get some free tickets. Tottenham, send these boys some free tickets because the amount of time that they put up, put in to last word on Spurs, speaking about Spurs, giving us all therapy, not only just at the high times, but at the low times too, they deserve a couple of tickets. So Tottenham, someone speak to Tottenham and get these boys some free tickets for goodness <laughs> gracious. Do you know what I mean? What's going point. on here? Bless you, Riggs. Well, I've got to well, say that too. Well, I was about to say then, just in case some free tickets come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just about to batter Spurs' board, but I won't bother now. I must say, um, two really impassioned speeches there about Antonio Conte. I think that's the right way to end things, isn't it? It's been a night on which we've seen Spurs, you know, really, really uh, thump Everton emphatically by five goals to nil. Uh, before we go, um, Rick's. Tell us what's in the diary. Anything coming up we should be made aware of with you at the moment? Of oh, course, I, can we go and watch Princess Switch 3? We can still watch Princess Switch 3, yeah, can't we? Yeah, of course you can. It's, it's, it's on Netflix. It's always there. So Princess Switch 2, Princess Switch 3 is always there for you. Um, but yeah, I've just... I, there's not too much I can say, but I've just been penciled for something. So if everything goes well, fingers crossed, I can announce something for the, the, the boys and, and, and everyone, everyone else. But we'll see. Right now, it's a pencil... That can mean, it means nothing. It means nothing. It just means I've got to wait a little bit longer to hear an answer, but we'll see. But yeah, auditioning, keeping busy. And um, when there's something exciting to let you know, I will let you know. Appreciate it, Rick. Lots of love for you in the comments. Thank you so much, as always. Pleasure having you back yeah. on Last Word on Spurs. Looking forward to having him back later in the season. Lee, uh, let's come over to you. You've also got a podcast out at the moment. Tell us a little bit about that, Lee, as we close yeah. the show. So many bloody podcasts, isn't there, to be fair? It's called In the Line of Hire. Um, as most of you know by now, if you don't, then go and Google me. But I did win The Apprentice back in 2008. An amazing, amazing win. Um, and, uh, and and I've done a podcast now that's reviewing the class of 2022 for this, this year's uh, series. Um, we've had some fantastic guests on nine episodes now down. So you can go and catch up on Audio Boom because it goes out as an audio and or YouTube. Phoenix 51 is my platform and that is the um, and that is the channel that you need, need to go and subscribe to. But we've had nine, nine winners and a eight winners and a finalist on there. So absolutely brilliant. Top, top draw guests. We've got four shows left before um, before it finishes. And we've got some spiky, spiky guests coming on, uh, some of which are from this show, this year's show actually so uh um, got some fantastic stuff coming up so if you want to get involved just follow me at lee mcqueen and you'll see all the details on there so fantastic and, 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 and what day what day do you drop the what day do you drop the oh yeah it's a good, good you idea every, so every, you know yeah typically they, time or what yeah typically they drop on a monday afternoon so live on a monday afternoon at half past four um so it's a couple of days after um it actually happens but we're going to do a final preview show as well 
um, that's going to come out different. So, you know, if you want to look at the times and all that, come follow me at, at Lee McQueen. But can, can I also just say that the interaction with the show is just absolutely outstanding. Like, you know, uh, you know, we, you know, thanks Rick's for, for for bigging us up and stuff. But Rick, Rick, Ricky Sachs does all the hard work. He puts all the shows together. The group of lads that and, and, and Anna and and the, and the, the girls that we've got behind the scenes and whatever look working is absolutely superb. And I absolutely thoroughly enjoy doing this. And it's half past midnight, man. So Jace will be like watching the cricket world. But, 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 the, but the reality is we absolutely love it. And I have to big up Chris Cowling's show as well. Yeah, yeah. Same love thing. To Chris. Just, just yeah. between, between us, just absolutely loving what we're doing. It is it is a fan, uh, a show for the fans. And if it isn't absolutely. for the fans, then we, we, we don't have a show, do we, Rick? Do you know what absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. No, spot on. Yeah. All the questions, all of the interaction. Yeah. And, all that sort of stuff. and if you don't follow me, then I'll take that back next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. All I would say is like the show, you know, press the like button. Over yeah, subscribe. Let's get over 800 likes, man, because this is just... Get your NordVPN. By the way, generally, I have got NordVPN off the back of that, and it is fantastic. You know, the yeah, no, is good. subscriptions that you can save on and that, it's worth doing. You get premium YouTube, well cheap. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you. Um, right, guys, honestly, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, we are back with you on Thursday for a preview of May United to come. What a big game we've got for that. And we're doing, obviously, a live last one on Spurs Saturday night where we've got Lee McQueen back for, a, again, you know, hopefully a big, big win. Rick's back with us later in the season. We're looking forward to having yeah. him back on as well. So from Rick, from Lee, please, from please, myself. Please it up. Come on! Come on! <laughs> We'll be back with you on Thursday evening. For Rick's from Lee, myself, guys, please keep safe. Please keep well. Thank you so much for all your comments tonight. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.